No one notices. Good evening. I am the magnificent Marquis Mephisto, the most enigmatic man in Age of Sigmar. I am joined tonight by 12-year wine and spirits professional S.J. Arcade from Chat Gang. How are you doing, S.J.? Spooky. Spectacular. And tonight, for DecantCast, we will be sampling bl wine from across your United States. That's right. <laughs> all right, I can't, I can't keep that up all night. How's it going, chat gang? How's it going, everybody? Oh, looks like I'm a little bit loud, but... All right, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> Blouse Game Strong. Yeah, so this, uh, you know, the Marquis uh, 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 garb here will double for a basketball uniform should I need it. You know, blouse versus shirts. Uh, and then I'll make everyone pancakes. And put those up there. Um... How is everyone tonight? Y'all ready? Watching this till cold and flu medicine kicks in. Well, I hope you feel better, Relian. Thanks for stopping by. So, uh, so SJ, why don't you give us some, some background? What are we going to be doing tonight? This is uh... Yes, so we uh, got, what is it, a month ago now, a random Reddit post was thrown up in Discord about what different drinks or something could be associated with the different races of Age of Sigmar. And me being a complete wine dork was like, oh, I could probably give you a wine style and varietal for each race and uh, cut to today. And now we have them lined up here to drink. Right on. And of course, uh, I, I've got a sort of, uh, I've got a selection of my own. Most, mostly a lot of the stuff that you uh, you told me to get, there were uh, about two bottles I, I couldn't find, so I had to improvise, um, but... Like, yes, this uh, I didn't expect everybody to get label on. It was more varietal and then some suggestions of things I drank in the past that I enjoyed. So as long as you are sticking to somewhat close to the varietal, you should get the same experience. Right, right on. And uh, we did actually, you did actually go through a lot of the trouble of, of getting some tasting mats uh, for everybody. So uh, we've got these. Did you actually make a PowerPoint or was that just uh, was No PowerPoint today, I'm <laughs> Oh, slightly right. a a uh, a halo meme right all right so he did of course make these uh these tasting mats if you check my twitter real quick uh twitter or discord uh i don't know if it's been to discord twitter's gonna be your easiest way to find it uh if you want a tasting mat uh just kind of what is the purpose of a tasting mat like if you actually go to a professional wine tasting they sometimes they'll lay out like a flight sometimes they they have something like a, a sheet of paper some of them have little laminated mats like what is the purpose of a tasting mat so the purpose of that is when you're sitting at a flight, there's going to be six red wines sitting in front of you, and you have no idea like if they're not going to stay in sequential order and they want you to jump around, then you need to know what you're tasting. And you'll notice the lines underneath. That's where you put your notes. So you put the notes on color, put the notes on the, the nose, you put the notes on the taste as you go. So when you're done, you remember what you drank. <laughs> thank you uh thank you princess Wigglebum. uh yeah uh i took this from the marquis wardrobe i don't normally wear anything this extravagant uh myself but like i said if i if i ever need to play basketball uh i've got team suits or uh, uh team blouses ready to go <laughs> gotta have your notes that's right so i guess i i want to i want to take this a little bit from like the sort of amateur side or if you're just if tonight is somebody's first night picking up a bottle of wine and joining us what kind of like 
how do we get like the amateurs on board? And obviously, as this show goes on, we're actually going to be comparing the wines to the armies and so on and so forth. But just just the bare bones. What do I need to know tasting wine? Like, how do I do this? This looks so intimidating to me. I walk into a store. There's like a hundred bottles of wine. Some of the labels are cool. Tonight, I went with the label trick because one of the wines I couldn't find, uh, I wanted a cab. Uh, I was at a cab Merlot blend. Uh, I, I went with the rule of cool uh, label uh, and we'll see how that turns out for me. Uh, that's actually my first wine this evening is going to be <laughs> my improv wine. Uh, but yeah, so it's really super intimidating. Sometimes there's cool labels. Sometimes the prices are, are I, I don't know what to make of all this. How, how do I start getting behind wine? Yeah, there's nothing like going to that wine section, picking up a random bottle of wine, the rule of cool hits, and then you get Timmy trapped with something terrible or something <laughs> that you're just not familiar with. Nice. Uh, and, and much like Age of Sigmar, you pick up an army, you don't know how to play it, so of course it does poorly for you. With wine, it's an acquired taste. No one just wakes up and likes Zinfandel. You have to work your way up. And this is almost like a, a beginner to advanced red night, if you're following anything about the, uh, the wines we're tasting tonight. You have your good old spaghetti reds at the beginning that gets us into our more complex... Uh, rewarding uh, Saldo and the Prisoner at the end of this list. So you'll be able to taste some basic red wines that bang for your buck, perfect, and then as you go on, some more complex tastes. But no one likes wine out of the gate. No one likes, you know, everyone talks about the, oh, you can't tell the difference between $100 and $10 bottle of wine. Of course you can't if the $100 bottle of wine is the first bottle of wine you ever drink. Of course not. So start low, get suggestions. Don't be afraid to pick stuff up. Anything under $10 from America at this point is probably pretty good. Yeah. You're yeah. probably pretty safe. Stay away from those two buck chucks and you'll probably do most mostly okay. Disagree firmly. I just had some three buck chuck on uh, Wednesday or whatever. That was fantastic. It used to be two bucks. Now it's inflated to three bucks. Yes, uh <laughs> they fired that guy because they weren't making money anymore. <laughs> So they made a three buck chuck. Oh man! But no, I, I had a three buck chuck cabaret. It was it, it it was a full cabbie experience. Like you know, not like a high end. It wasn't complex, but like on the on the nose, I'm like boom, I'm drinking cab. I mm -hmm. but uh, just personal anecdote. Three buck chuck is the wine that basically got me into wine. I, yes. I don't think that any everybody is. I think most people, if you drink like three buck chuck, you could really have a bad time depending on where you're at in your journey. But in college, it was Carlo Rossi jugs. My mm -hmm. my roommate and I would go in on a on a jug of Carlo Rossi because it was, oh, it was bank bank for your buck, right? Like we both yeah. get paid on Thursday. Uh, we'd you know throw in a five each or something like that. Hand it to our twenty, like the guy across the hall who was twenty one. He'd go and get the the orders for all the miners and the. I'm not going to give any names. Uh, he'd go and get all the 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 orders basically for all the miners in the dorm and go pick you up. So so my my roommate and I would split a a jug it's the only way to describe it it's a gallon yeah, yeah. The, the carlo three liter uh, three liter jug and you were getting i'm assuming the burgundy or yeah the burgundy usually yeah yes so you are familiar with what burgundy actually is no no uh pretend i don't okay so not to get too nerdy here but burgundy isn't a wine type it's in france a region of burgundy the red is always pinot noir let's say always is 95 percent and then white burgundy, 95% is Chardonnay. In America, 
Carlo Rossi was like, uh, Pinot Noir doesn't really grow here. So he just made the American uh, Burgundy, which is Zinfandel. That so ex- you were drinking Zin. That explains why as I got developed a taste for wine, Zins are still my favorite to this day. Like I'm looking forward to this uh I'm looking I'm looking forward to this prisoner at the end here. Uh yes. but but the Zins are gonna be really where I You're gonna love both Saldo and Prisoner, because Saldo is gonna be ninety five percent Zin with some accoutrements for color and, and flavor, and then Prisoner is going to be a Zin based <laughs> red blend. Yeah, so so Juxa Carlo Rossi, fast forward a little bit and uh and uh Lulu's or sorry, uh, Haywo's dad actually got me a gift for Christmas. He got me some some uh, some. Uh, I think it was still two buck chuck around then. Uh, he got me some two buck chuck. Was what uh, Haywo's dad got me for Christmas, and uh, you know some other like socks and some some random stuff. Hey, uh, Rocco, your boy, a shout out to slap the bag with some of that sunset blush. Let me hear you. <laughs> um and. Uh, yeah, and and uh, yeah, and then so one night uh, around Christmas, uh, Lulu and I were hanging around, and we ran out of stuff to drink, and it was just the us and the the three buck truck. We drank it, had a good night, and we're like, you know, that wasn't so bad. Let's go to a real wine place. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so we lived uh, at that time. We lived off Brady Street. Uh, not everyone's going to be notable. Uh, so in, if you go to Milwaukee, there are two main drinking streets. There's Brady Street, which is the hipster street, and then there's Water Street, which is like the sort of touristy drinking street. So we we went down to, to Brady Street, the hipster sort of drinking area, walked into one of the wine places, and we had this fantastic sort of wine like person there. I don't I don't know like sommeliers, you if you're you drink wine as a hobby, what is there a term for if you're selling wine? Like just a, a wine professional wine sales prof- representative. Yeah. A sommelier is a certification. Right. You, you have to get it. Right. You can't just call yourself a sommelier. Okay, right on, right on. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, so no, I am not one. you are a sommelier. You're certified. No, I am not. Oh, you're, a sommelier. but you are a twelve. Uh, like you are a wine professional. Like yes, if you work, I've been selling wine for over a third of my life. Right on. And uh, so yeah, so wine monger. I like Frank there bailing wine me out. Wine monger. <laughs> yeah, so we we spoke with the wine monger, and the wine monger like eyed us up, twenty something year olds. Say, hey, we just drank some wine. You know, it was good. We don't want to go up here. What do we do? They hooked us up with like two tall bottles. I think one of them was a Gewürztraminer for Molly because she likes sweeter wines, and uh, and then I, I a cabaret for me and and we you know around the ten dollar mark, ten dollar twelve dollar mark, and you know went home and you know picked up some like some some uh, you go to Whole Foods they have uh, their little like wine uh, their little cheese like refuse area. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like when they're when they're chopping up the the cheese blocks to sell you like the assorted like the assorted wedges, they always get these chunks, and they'll right. sell you those chunks for like dirt cheap. Yeah, the the, the cheese scraps. So we grabbed some cheese scraps. Uh, you know, made a night of it, and and I have been hooked on wine ever since. Like I've been, I uh, you know, I used to be a wino, and now I'm a connoisseur. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wino, wino, much like, uh, you know, al- alcohol abuse means you just can't get to work on time. Right. Right. So it's not abuse until it, uh, it's affecting us negatively. Still, it still starts fucking with your life. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, you did call on uh, Gewürztraminer. You did perfect on that pronunciation. Thank you. Great, great Thank word. You. Yeah. And so always the one when they walk in and go, um, I need the, I need the G one. <laughs> I need that German wine. I can't quite pronounce it. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're not... 
Gewürztraminers are interesting because they remind me an awful lot of like Welch's white grape juice, mm-hmm. but like very like whiny once you get into like the sort of deeper end of those. Um, and then just sort of checking. I I don't often go above that twelve dollar mark. Every now and then I'll get a, like a twenty dollar bottle of wine. I find that I personally don't have need of it. it price point. Really, like, do you have anything to say about price point regarding this sort of... Yes. I, you can live a nice, full, happy life, $12 and under. No <laughs> no judgment here. Right. And that's most most of the wine I drink is going to be around there, besides the stuff that I get for free, of course. Right. Uh, wine professionals. <laughs> uh, but, you know, hey, once a year on New Year's Eve, I buy that one bottle of champagne, and it's $250. And... You bet your ass you could taste a difference. Taste yeah. Absolutely a difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's where we usually start with the good wine at, at the beginning of the night, and then we switch to the, to the uh, like, the uh, the box wine. You, you mentioned the shout-outs to the Sunset Blush earlier. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Shout-out to my chillable red gang. <laughs> I can I'm taste... The, the, the only problem I have with those is I can taste the still these days. Like, I've started to get... To that point, you can kind of taste that sort of tinny quality to them. You know, I've I, my the, the company I work for sells fifteen thousand some odd different skews of wine and spirits, and this house I live in right now was bought and paid for by MD Twenty Twenty. There you so, go. Like I've sold it all, and MD Twenty Twenty just happens to sell faster than most. <laughs> there, right on, right on. All right, so so um. I guess uh, we kind of uh, for tonight we we reflected that price point a little bit in uh, rather you so, you you sort of showed these sort of like three tiers you know you've got your boda boxes and your your sort of volumetric wine or I guess how do you break that down how did you break that that down right so I broke it down uh, two main categories your your rat kings for uh, that beautiful new model we're about to get Kritza yeah and then more of your 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 Manfred uh, noble blood yeah. over here where uh, the breakdown is purely on price. So it's above $15, below $15, and the Rat King is split further into volume versus $750. Because some people still have a problem buying wine in a box. I would encourage those people to uh, reconsider that proposition. Boda Box and Black Box and some of those other ones are really good. Bonterra is another good one. Yeah. And... When you open them, they sit in your fridge for three weeks, and they're good. You just have a glass of wine whenever you want one. Yeah, so you yeah. They sleep on box wine. Yeah, Europe kind of like makes fun of Americans for how much we pay for wine, like on average, because you know a good table wine. Sure. Your average about once you and you're if you're buying like a a volume, uh, uh, like a, a good Frontera or a Boda box or something, you're looking at about five bucks a bottle, right? There's three, you know, three three bottles per. Oh per yeah, bottle. yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a good way of just having a, a, a solid table wine around, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, I my go to I I, I kind of found it like hilarious. I didn't know if you you picked the Fronteras because you heard that I drink them a lot. But they, the the Frontera or or a Boda box are like kind of my two main go to uh, box wines when I'm not yeah, going for I mean, that. When we're not slumming it for Vela <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Peter, Peter Vela, some almond in action. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and you have to think of it further. Like a five liter Franzia box, two of these is a one point five liter, so that's six bottles of wine for ten bucks. Yeah. 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 That's at Walmart at least. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not interested in making money. 
Walmart and your major grocery chains are not particularly interested in making money on wine. So you're usually paying almost, if not exactly at cost. And once you get those 10 or 20% deals through, you're, you're stealing money from them. Because right. they know if wine gets in someone's cart, that cart value goes up. So they just want you to buy it there and not go anywhere else. Right. Just, right. Because if you buy the wine if you let there, me be a nerd, I will nerd on you. So no, that's yeah. fantastic. No, I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> love a good, uh, uh, you know, education. Um, I'm eternally curious. That is my superpower. Um, so how do you want to start this? Do we, do we want to drink a wine real quick? Talk about it or what, what do we yeah, got? So we're going to start in uh, the daughters of Cain. So your typical daughter of Cain, you know, they're elf. They eat well. So you're, you're looking for a nice, especially on this lower born one here, this uh, Frontera after midnight or your uh, Cab Merlot mix. If you are inclined like Mr. Mephisto here. Yeah. This wicked red. So let's start with the, the basics of this. The reason we swirl here is back in the day, they used to think that if you swirled it and you could see the wine fall off the edge, ooh, it has legs, that means absolutely nothing. You swirl it because you want the nose. You want to get the smell of this wine. And if you don't know how to smell wine, I'm going to turn to the side here and take your wine glass and you are going to shove your nose in the glass. To get all of that aroma so swirl it around big smell off there get some like some black fruit and tobacco a little bit on the end a nice small sip to get your mouth the ph ready you get the pucker off this first one that will go away as we go through here that's your mouth adjusting to the ph level of the wine these are reds they're higher in acid so they're going to pinch a little bit on the beginning. So right off the bat, you're already throwing some terms at us. It's a tobacco, some, you know. Right. And this is where everybody gets into trouble here. Because the way you learn what things taste like and smell like is literally sitting in a room with that stuff and the wine. So they've sat me in rooms with white wines and then here's candied peach and here's fresh peach taste the difference smell the difference here's tobacco smell this smell that and then taste the wines that are with those flavors and that's how you kind of build that catalog wine is is a learning process and as you smell the stuff taste the stuff you don't need to know that it smells like tobacco all right if i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out like spaghetti red it smells like a spaghetti red Right on. So I'm going to throw this out here and, and you can, you know, disagree or elaborate as, as necessary. They've, they've done some studies with, you know, like basically uh, sommeliers get very good at like identifying this because like you said, it's it's a learned skill. Like anything else, you you sit there, you practice this. Um, but they there's no real correlation between a particular scent and a particular quality of wine. No. And it's all in the eye of the beholder. You yeah. smell stuff, I smell stuff. They try to go for specific things and you'll be amazed if you open up a, like if you open this wine up on Google and you read someone's description and then you taste it as you're ready, you go, Oh yeah, now I smell that. Right. Oh, now I taste that. And right. how much of that is this? And how much of that is your brain turning right. it into that? Right. When you, this is, I mean, this is, this is a, I mean, there's, there's a science to this, this sort of confirmation bias. Uh, this is the difference between if you, like if I, if I hand you something, I go smell this. I go, what does this smell like? As opposed to, does this smell like bananas? 
If I say, exactly. does this smell like bananas? You're going to smell bananas. Is he trying to mic the wine? I don't think so. <laughs> Testing. No, and the reason you swirl between is because smell particles are just sitting there. The, the little particles of wine you can smell, and as you breathe those out, you deplete the glass. So you need to refresh to get that smell to sit. Well, because, I mean, your, your sense of smell is essentially like uh, a half a half a sense associated with your, your, your palate. Um, that olfactory sense is connected to, like, your, your sense of taste. So... By get it, giving yourself that uh, like experience of the sort of effervescence of the wine, you're also just sort of helping yourself enjoy uh, enjoy what the wine tastes like. So, break down here. This is like a four ninety nine, five ninety nine bottle of wine. This Frontero. It's easy. It says what it is on the label: red wine. <laughs> it doesn't get much more red wine than this. <laughs> Yeah, I went with the uh, the Wicked Red. A uh, little bit heavier on the cab, a little bit drier than I expected, to be honest. So. And what was your price point today? Uh, that one was seven ninety nine. Oh, big spender. Yeah, well, the uh, I, I didn't go to the place I normally go to. Uh, I went to the place with the bigger selection, hoping to find some of the stuff. And they betrayed me because the wine I always get, which is, tends to be a Frontera, um sometimes apothic you know things things around there um and uh they did not have the frontera i was i was disappointed so i had to go out on a limb that's so terra and now uh the reason i i picked uh, shiraz to go with daughters of cain is because uh, shiraz is just Syrah. they grow in australia that's just what they call it um wasn't there a wasn't there a wasn't there a label mix-up on the shipping, the first set of grapes? Like when they were shipped down there, they they, they oh, mixed the labels up or something. Uh, probably. Uh, <laughs> so like they called wine. Wine has a mostly accidental history, along with most alcohols. Like the reason port exists is because they shipped wine and they came back and they were like, "Oh, that tastes interesting," and so they just started aging it on boats. <laughs> Whatever. So yeah. so we're drinking a we're drinking a, a, a Shiraz or a. Uh, I, I substituted today because I could not get my snake charmer. Wouldn't you know it? Bought it for this, for research. Went back to get it. They had cut it from the set. Oof. Story of my life. Uh, but Shiraz is, like, especially the snake charmer, really easy red wine. Shiraz is the wine that put yellowtail on the map because right. it applies to those Merlot drinkers, those red drinkers. Looks like uh, uh, Mr. Meff's camera is starting to get some of the wine. Yeah, yeah. So I, you, uh, per your sort of um, your instruction, I went with a uh, petite Syrah. You picked up the, the spellbound. Uh, oh no, you got the crusher. The That's crusher, right. yeah. Petite. So Syrah. you got is it a Syrah or a petite Syrah? Petite Syrah. Beautiful. Okay, so petite Syrah is a strand of Syrah grape that is petite. It's in the name. So what happens is. Because wine grapes, you can't take Welch's grapes, those big giant grapes, and make that into wine. It's not going to taste very good. Ooh. The wine you get is these little tiny, tight clusters of grapes. And that's because the less water that's in the grapes means you get more sugar, you get more skin contact, you get more all of the goodies and beautiful things that turn into wine. 
with less water, and that's how you get stuff like this. Petite Syrah is particularly small wine grape, which is if you're using your tasting map and you put your glass at an angle here, you put it over your, your piece of paper here, and that's how you get your color. So you notice this one is pretty dark. You can basically barely see some of those lines on your page through there. And that's because Petite Syrah, being smaller, is mostly skin. So more skin means more color. And that's why Petite Syrah is usually used at the end of a wine. Like it'll be Cabernet 90%, Petite Syrah 10% to give it a little more. Like a punch. Yeah. yeah. So what the hell do people mean when they talk about tannins? Tannins is skin. And so the more skin contact you get, the physically feel tannins, you take a wine like this, uh, second part, when you after you've done your first to set your mouth, your second one, chew it like a steak. So you take it. That's where the swishing and stuff comes in, yeah. Yeah, chew it around your mouth. You'll get a whole lot different flavors when you go through that cycle. And now take your tongue and rub it across the top of your yeah, mouth. Yeah. And you feel that roll almost. Mm-hmm. That's the tannins. That's the dryness that's pushing across. So the more of that feeling, that means more tannins. You feel on your teeth. Like my teeth are dry after this one. <laughs> mm. You feel it rip your teeth. <laughs> I see. I like this one. the uh, The crusher gets a thumbs up from from the marquee. Yeah, and uh, I'm I, I went. A, you also uh, crusher is a good AOS name. Spell spellbound. Another good one here with the moon sequences. Not for my gits. We will reveal all the races uh, selections later in the show. Right on. A special shout out to uh, the one I chose for gits. So so just a real quick reset. Uh, you went with sort of like a red a red blend. The mm-hmm. Frontera, just the sort of every, uh, the every person's red, and then right. you went with this sort of Shiraz on the on the yes. on the back. The Frontera has Shiraz as one of its base uh, reds. That's part of the reason I speak the Frontera specifically. So it's like a nice little kneel into Shiraz. If you want another one around that level, Yellowtail Shiraz is a very easy one. Um, because Shiraz is Australian, you're gonna have to look for it. And like, if your wine section is big enough to have an Australia, you'll probably find it there, or where all the other yellowtails are hanging out. Right on. Uh, because if it's not in Australia, it's not Shiraz. It's Syrah. And usually Syrah is around, uh, this Spellbound was fifteen ninety nine. I know H-E-B in Texas hates selling wine for profit, so <laughs> you'll probably find it at $18, 17 $18. Yeah, the Crusher was nine ninety nine on sale. <laughs> mm-hmm. Taste the value. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so that one, nice jamming, lots of tannins, dry. Really enjoyed that one. That would go great with a big old hamburger. I liked the crusher. Uh like I'm a, lo- a little bit different. Um This is a uh... Hmm. Oh, real quick. If you're if you're desperately falling around at home, don't wash your wine glass out with water. What you want to do in this tasting environment, sorry for blasting the mic there, you take your next wine, which will be the Menage a Trois Midnight, as we move on to, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. 
We're moving on to Slanesh. That would be the gnarly head Zinfandel. Huzzah. Take a little splash of it in the glass and then wash your glass with the next wine. That'll set you up for the next wine and ensure you don't water it out because wine glasses don't really, that viscosity even of water will sit on the glass longer than you think it does. All right, so we're on to the uh, the gnarly head. It's infidel. This is an old vine zin. Are there ever new vine zins? I've only ever seen old vine zins. There's old vine and zins. That's it. Okay. So old, old vines, I mean, some of these ones, uh, yes, uh, kicker, the, the saldo will be right up after gnarly head. The gnarly head will be the Rat King uh, selection for the evening. So this one I've had before. I was uh, yeah. I was ready. Uh, so old vine, like especially gnarly head. I mean, how? What do you know about how you grow grapes for wine? Uh, you punish the hell out of them. The more sure. you, the more you you destroy them, and it, like with the environment that grows them, the better they are. Because what makes wine delicious is how ruinous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you don't even, you're not even mentioning the first part of the torture, which is horrific gene splicing. Right. So not in some kind of a Monsanto way. The old vine Zinfandel here, the way you make wine, and you'll notice on the label here, like th this is the, this is like the, the, I don't know if you can see it, the flat version of the vines most people are probably commonly familiar with the vines that like there's a little tree and then the little grapes sit to the side like this on tresses the grapes on tresses part is basically just grafted onto roots those roots do not care what they're growing they're not even a part of that original grape plant you can yank chardonnay and jam cabernet into those roots and those roots will just Whatever, cool. So, old vine. Th these are hundred-year-old roots that are in California that they've been splicing and adding different leaves and shoots to to create uh, this nice seven ninety-nine bottle one. So, in the same vein, uh, so gnarly head. I've had um, seven deadly zins. I also quite like and apothic. Seven deadly zins. And apothic. I think that was a little low-hanging fruit for this category of slanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why'd you go with uh, Zinfandel? Because we have two, we've doubled up on Zinfandels here. Why'd you go with uh, Old Zins uh, for uh, Slanesh? Well, with uh, Shiraz here and then Zins here, the the Stormcast will make a little more sense when we get there. But Zin, it's just a solid red. Couldn't get over the pun of Sin and Zin. Just couldn't make myself pass it up. And uh, we're going to be playing a lot of Slenish players, no matter how much they hate their new book. So <laughs> why not drink something delicious while we do it? And this is a, a full body, nice red. That let me see. Let me see how gnarly it's tasting this evening. Ooh, yeah, so much drier than that last one. Really like that. Sin and Zin is brilliant. Yeah. Mm. You'll note that I'm off the headset tonight, everybody. Um, I'm wearing my old headphones, and I've got my my table mic again. Uh, I don't want you hearing me like 
quote unquote chewing the wine <laughs> all night. So not an ASMR stream. And this is uh yeah. I love this. Uh, Kicker's, Kicker's getting some spoilers on Saldo. Don't you worry. We'll get there. Damn, this is some sexy vines. Or uh, some sexy vibes. And sexy vines, I suppose. How's it going, uh, Hades? I hope yeah, you all are, are dressed up comfortably, looking sexy, looking fine. Uh, you taste just the punch difference between the Syrah that was like nice, light, dry, quick finish, and then this gnarly head just bang! It's right in the face. And it stays with you. That's why I love the... Um, this isn't... So this one's not quite as peppery as, as some of the Zens I, I tend to really like. This isn't right. a very peppery... Where do where do Zinfandels... Uh, so they, they tend to have a reputation as being a spicier or a peppery or uh, wine. Right. How does... How does, how does that come about or, or where does that come from? Is that is that a quality of the old vine Zen? Is that... Yes, that's a that's quality of the, the grapes. You know, so. It's just... They're... they're there's je ne sais quoi that they produce. Oh. Almost spasming due to the flickering lights. I'm so sorry, sorry. Um, you can always minimize. <laughs> I suppose I should have had a, uh, a uh, what's it called? A, a soft uh, seizure warning. Yeah, seizure warning. Sorry, everybody. So I've been hitting the wine in between tastes here. This is a, you don't, or water, sorry, in between tastes here. Sure. All right. How cold is the water you're drinking? It's a uh, room temperature, basically. A li- little, okay. little cold, little colder. That's good because uh, the colder your drink is, the less you taste it. Yeah. Because your your taste buds plug up. That's why you drink cheap vodka, very cold. Right. <laughs> to, to hopefully survive your way through it. But with reds, uh, really the only prep you need on reds outside of opening them a little bit beforehand is maybe like. If you're at home, you're about to have dinner, 10 minutes before dinner's ready, put it in the fridge. And by the time you put it on the table, take it out and you're ready to go. So it's like slightly below room temperature, but not a big deal. Don't go crazy. Are you under the saldo or are you finishing off the... uh... No, I was just enjoying one more little pepper before I hit my ring bell over here. Because now I'm jealous of Kicker, and I oh. want to join him on the Saldo train. So Saldo is a wine that was part of the Prisoner Wine Company that used to be owned by a winemaker and um, certified madman, Orrin Swift, who still makes wine. If you see his name on labels, know that uh, he put a lot of heart, soul, and crazy into <laughs> producing it. He sold his half of Saldo and the Prisoner a couple years ago to Constellation Brands, and they have been keeping up with. Luckily, they were able to buy the uh, the places he was making the juice at. Because sometimes they buy the wine, but they don't buy where the juice is from. So it's just kind of like a label with new juice in it mm. that they don't tell you about. I like that you're calling it the juice. Uh, G Dad dropping a hundred, uh, dropping a thousand RDP to remind everyone that chat gang ain't nothing to mess with. Checking is something to drink with. <laughs> so, Saldo. You'll notice the nose difference almost immediately. That's a very... It, it, the, so, I'm losing some of the almost uh, what I call like off odors or the other odor. And I'm just getting pure, like a pure wine scent now. 
as opposed yes, to. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. So give yourself a good old adjustment. Yeah. And uh, don't be afraid to the the way you taste uh, or get the bouquet of spirits is you actually breathe them in, so it's like a little mouth nose combo, and that can give you a little bit more. Because otherwise, if you just sniff whiskey, you usually just get like alcohol. So the way you you bouquet that is with your mouth. See, there's that pepper I want. Yeah, that's nice. It just stays with you. All right, so now we're going to spend the rest of the uh, the podcast drinking Saldo and talking about uh, <laughs> points issues with Slanesh. Um, um, I've I've seen some uh, I've seen some uh, some positive feedback coming in from people who have uh, settled in a little bit more with the book, and I think the great well, we're on well we're drinking Slanesh's blo- uh, wine. Uh, I I've noticed. Uh, I think the great the great problem is like people don't want to go full finesse. They want finesse tricks, but not exclusively a finesse, a finesse play. Uh, and as people have begun to settle in and like really play it some more and like hammer on, uh, hammer on their lists and, and, and really like stretch it out and play some games. Um, it, it, I've seen people have a little bit more of a positive outlook than that sort of first, that initial month. Um, I was mostly kidding. <laughs> like like a Zinfandel, the the vine must be destroyed to truly uh, make something great, right? Yeah. Th- this one, he spent all of his time and effort producing great juice, which is why the wine label is that way. He couldn't manage anything else but the label maker label to slap on it. Amazing. So this one's going to run you about somewhere between 23 and 32, depending on how much the wine retailer uh, hates you. Yeah, this was this was 20 bucks. Uh, this one was 20 at my my local retailer. Mm-hmm. So um, most Zins tend to run a, a little bit more expensive than their counterparts, or at least in my area. So you know, if you get like you know like a chain like a, a you know, Apothex is just the one that comes immediately to mind. Like, if you get, like, Apothex, like, Cab, you're looking at 10. If you get their Zen, you're looking at, like, 13. So. Right. And it's it's just a harder... It's not necessarily a harder grape to get, but because of the amount of just mashing they do to it, it's a lower yield than Cabernet. And, obviously, they sell less of it compared to Cabernet, so... Put a little bit of... of Supply and demand. Yeah, they... Yeah, Zin is also not a category people compete on. If you can get somebody to buy your Cabernet, that's a lot of pulls versus, you know, occasionally getting a Zinfandel. I'd suggest Zin to the more uh, refined, and I mean that in a way of a practiced uh, wine drinker. So I'm sure if anyone's having their first Zinfandel today, I'm sure they're like, wow, this is intense. This is a, a trip. Yeah. <laughs> Moving from that Frontera 399 wine to this pepper bomb. And, uh, See, this isn't even. This is just pleasant. This isn't yeah. even the the pepperiest I've I have supped. Uh, mm. I guess what I'm saying is I could ex- I could stand a little more excess there, uh, fiend bloods. <laughs> yes, uh, you let your excess go where it takes you. Mm. Yeah, but this is one of those uh, wines you sniff, you drink, you look at, sniff, drink, look at. And enjoy as you ride across your palanquin. <laughs> now, 
See ya. Mm. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to drink other ones. Okay. Next. Now, we're on to those uh, dastardly Stormcast Eternals. So, I went with big American red blends for Stormcast because they're just a, a big, you know, they not only just big, but the uh, the keyword is accessibility. Stormcast is the thing GW wants to hook new players on. Everybody's starter army. They're everybody's, you know, the first piece of the lore they read is probably a Stormcast story. Most people's first red wine, especially nowadays, is red blends. And especially nowadays, probably Menage a Trois or Apothic. Uh, those being the two gigantic dogs in that market. And they trade first place back every year, back and forth. The Midnight is going to give you a little bit more of those red notes. It's a Cabernet-based red blend. And the Midnight part is that finish. So this has some Petite Syrah on the back. Probably some purple power, which is a industry insider term for a purple that they add to these drinks. Uh, of course, not any kind of weird chemical thing. This is something they derive from, say, petite Syrah grapes that they jam into this. It's almost got a floral uh, nose to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so going right off of that saldo to this, you can taste, you smell so much more fruit. It's so much more bouquois. Hmm. Fuck finesse, all fists, no tricks. See, I, uh, look, I'm a, I'm a complicated, uh, uh, man. I enjoy a range of armies. I like that Age of Sigmar tonight is the tangent. Right. <laughs> like, like the tangent, the, the rabbit holes this evening are actually Age of Sigmar talk. <laughs> We've arrived. We've done it, chat gang. We've arrived to where uh, the actual show is about not Age of Sigmar, and Age of Sigmar is the interruption to the actual show. Yeah, talking about Age of Sigmar is the meme now. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, this this one you bring this to any any dinner with a red wine. It's it's it sits perfectly. It's uh it's. Right at that seven to twelve dollar range again, depending on how much the retailer hates you, and mm, it's just a good old spaghetti red. And that no, sounds this is like an right. insult, but it's just it's a red wine that'll get you there. Yeah, no, this is this is a you show up to you you get called to a party, you know, a Christmas party or something like that, and you're not like bring they just say bring wine, right? Yeah, like you, you, we many of us have, I think. Uh, Maybe it's a Wisconsin thing. I, I don't know. Um, a lot of our, our things is like if you show up, like it's not necessarily bring your own beer, but it is like, oh, if you're going to bring bring a bottle of wine or something, you know, like contribute mm -hmm. to the, you know, this is this is that bottle of wine you bring, you know, mm -hmm. or as like a just a thinking of you type gift, you know, this this is right there, you know, it's 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 hard to, it might not be somebody's favorite because you know it's not particularly sweet. It's you know it's not. It's not hammering my palate and, and with the tannins. It's not particularly dry either. Um, no. but, this is juicy, jammy, fruit yeah. throughout. 
Uh, fair medium finish. Like I still have it sitting on my tongue after drinking it, but you know, went with uh, these red blends for the the. You have a memory of what this wine varietal is, but you can't quite put it anymore. And that's the entire lore behind Stormcast. There's a <laughs> hero in there, but you just can't quite remember who he is anymore. <laughs> it's the cabaret. Cabaret's doing the heavy lifting here. <laughs> or cabernet, sorry, not cabaret. That's something else entirely. It's a cabaret. No, that's what the shirt is for over there. <laughs> No, uh, I, I will. It, it only pains me to hear uh, wine said wrong when it's from people in my profession say it wrong. Mm. No one teaches people how to say random French things, so I never. I'm not that snob of like, oh, I can't believe you said Cabernet. No, I, I still can't say. Uh, I, I'm usually pretty good with with. with uh, now I'm overthinking it. I'm usually pretty good with with uh, Cabernet. It's uh, Sauvignon. Blanc. I, I just, I can't. Sauvignon. I can never, I, I feel like I never say it right. Sauvignon Blanc. It's like it's Cabernet Sauvignon, and then it's Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc. And the Pinots are fine. Yeah, Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio. Pinot like. Noir, Pinot Grigio. Gewürz demeanor, you nailed that. We have a Weimariner as well, which is also a German. I had like two oh, years. Yeah. I had two years of German That's in good. middle school, so. And then if you go to the French wine section and you see a bunch of random names and you're like, oh my God, there's a thousand different kinds of wines. Those are just the places. The Usually. The, wine right. So France tends to name them based on the region it's from, not necessarily like right. just the grape. Right. So like Alsatian wine, could you, which is lauded, right? That's that, that region between Germany and France that was just like. Talk about the grapes being punished, right? Like this was punished in two right. world wars. Yeah, this, this is this is the part of France that's like, oh, this is a French wine, but nothing but Germans live there. Right. So they grew Riesling, of course. Right. Uh, but once you get closer to France, you know, most people associate Riesling with sweet or like light sweet. But once you get closer to France, it almost becomes like a Pinot Grigio due to that, uh, just the difference in geography. All right, now... I am not drinking this out of that fucking peasant glass. You getting the fancy wine out for the prisoner? Ooh, look at that sexy bitch. I busted out the crystal for this one. All my... I, I don't know what it is. So this is, a, this is kind of my, like, go-to generic wine glass. Mm-hmm. Uh... These are the big guns. <laughs> yes. And so, another great learning point right here. Why are different wine glasses shaped in different ways? So you have a perfect red wine glass there because you want to be able to get those big swirls that gives you the big nose. You don't care about the surface area touching the wine because more surface equals the faster it'll warm up to room temperature. Right. And the other reason we have stems on our wine is because we don't want the, the heat from our hands heating Correct. the white. Yeah. No, no Dracula, uh, casual. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't help it. It's yeah. just, <laughs> what is a man? <laughs> a miserable pile of secrets, <laughs> but enough talk. How about you? 
Yeah, but don't throw the prisoner because the prisoner's good. <laughs> so this one, uh, the prisoner again, Orange Swift Prisoner Wine Company. It's now Constellation and a cap, uh, California Appellate. But don't let that uh, chase you off, uh, fellow wine snobs. Uh, still big Zen based, and just this is where some of you might run into like what is what's the difference between this Menage at 10 bucks and this one at somewhere between 30 and 50. And that's the complexity. What is complexity? It's a learned skill. It's the party in my mouth right now. And what's that? It's the party in my mouth right now. It's the, it's all the flavors being held prisoner by my taste buds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially right after that menage a trois, a lot of big, big jam right off the front. Some like nice vanilla around the center. Uh, yeah, I could drink that all night. <laughs> and I plan to. Wow. Mm -mm. So, Kicker, you got some prisoner over there, I see. The or are you still jam on the Saldo? I'm going to switch back to the Saldo after this just because uh, Molly will kill me if I drink all the prisoner without her. Mm. <laughs> but. Yeah, the, the smoothness on this guy. The finish is very fast, but man, it's smooth. Speaking of, mm. I gotta I gotta run uh, I gotta run a glass to Molly, so I'll be right back. Uh, this is where you the technical term for this in the biz is vamping. So when I walk away from the camera and the guest has to fill time or fill dead air, it's called vamping. Uh, I find that oddly appropriate tonight. Yes, this will be the riff side. So I'm going to talk about how we get alcohol in wine until you get back. So checking. Most of these reds are probably sitting at uh, somewhere between 10 or 12. It looks like 12 and 16. And you're going to find more alcohol in reds because it goes with the drier style a little bit better. So the science behind wine is... You throw your grapes in, you crush, you let it sit on the skins, get all that beautiful red wine color, flavor, tannins. Oh, yeah, it's better than the Saldo. I agree. But I drink the Saldo more often because it's half the price. Anyways, the, uh, the crush happens. You get all the juice. You skim out all the sticks and leaves and skin. You just have the juice left. That's when you add the yeast. The yeast sits in there and chews on the top. They swirl it around in the tank to keep it moving and to remove the dead yeast as you get it. It eats the sugar in the wine and then craps alcohol in the sexiest term I can put it. So the more sugar it eats, the more alcohol it produces. The more sugar it eats, the drier, more bitter the wine gets, and the alcohol doesn't help that either. So. The reason your sweet wines like your Rieslings and your Moscatos and stuff can be a little lighter, your five, six percent on some of these guys is because it sat less time in the yeast, doesn't produce as much alcohol. But this guy, the nice, probably sat in barrel for eight months, maybe a year. Uh, that's also another thing here. Most wines you drink in grocery stores, and by most, I mean 99%. You do not age. They're going to last about three years in your pantry, and then you need to throw them away 
They've already been pre-aged before you got them. This prisoner was put in barrel in 2019. So it's been alive for two years already. And it will, if it, you sat it on your shelf, it will probably last two more years, maximum. You'll know which wines you can age uh, because you specifically bought them for the purpose. Don't age the stuff you buy at grocery store. The prisoner. When someone you meet in a uh, friendly local game store actually gets a Stormcast army to work on the table, it's a beautiful thing. We still got uh, Kicker. How's it going? With your glass one. On to glass two of uh, the prisoner. Delicious. Who else we got? We still have Frank uh, lurking in the shadows around here. Class three of the prisoner. Jeez. You got the wine bong out for that? There's nothing better than finding the bottle of wine that you like. Ah, oh, finally. My old friend, I've been looking for you for so long. Oh, perfect. It'll go great with that. I have returned. He's back. Well, so you just missed the uh, master class on why wine has alcohol. So, yeah, as a as party to that, did you teach them how to make uh, bathtub wine? Yeah, I mean, just I, I explained it. You put it in a tank. You throw some yeast on top of it. You got it. You're done. <laughs> and you will have some quality hooch. Uh, a good floral gin. That's a good man right there. I have some, uh, I had a tasting on spirits this past week. So I have a bottle of broker sitting in the, in the cabinet I need to get into. Hmm. So, and a bunch of uh, hilariously flavored, uh, vodkas that I'm going to thoroughly enjoy the rest of the week. <laughs> uh, I, this is, this is my weekend. It's this, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes, because one of these tastings you do at home, okay, uh, chat gang, we got six open bottles of wine that we got to kill in the next two days. Let's do this. Yeah, right, right. Oh, and that's one thing, uh, Meth, if you're not aware, I'm sure you are. Anything that you buy in a grocery store is only going to sit in your shelf for about two years maximum. Do not age anything past that. It doesn't get better if you had it sitting in your shelf for 10 years. Yeah, once it's in the bottle, you're just, you're looking at vinegar. Thanks to my boy, Robert Mandavi, wine is supposed to be drank within 72 hours of purchase. That's, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, hilariously it flavored? Like clown flavored? <laughs> uh, I got a cream liqueur that is key lime pie flavored. That is the bomb. 
you even get graham cracker crust taste in it. That is some weird chemical science bullshit for sure. But no, you have a double chocolate vodka, vanilla vodka, pour them in a glass together, splash of coffee creamer, grandma's drunk. You got it. <laughs> So what about decanting? Usually. So uh, what about decanting? I feel like uh, only the only one I might potentially have to decant is actually like maybe the Saldo. Right. So I wouldn't decant anything that's under $12 because you're just showing off to nobody. Right. And because of the, the it's called the structure of the wine, you might make it go a little faster than it needs to. So wine goes bad for two reasons. The cork has rotted. Chat gang, if you open a bottle of wine and it smells like cardboard, do not drink it. It's not any good. That means it's dead. That means it's corked. Happens about one in a hundred bottles of wine. It's fairly common. And anything that has the screw top, that will never happen to. So buy screw top wine. Yeah, we, the cork. we we've gotten uh, we've gotten better with our our bottling and and. Essentially venting right. technologies now. Yeah. The so. only reason people don't use corks is because they're nerds. Literally the only reason. Uh, because it's you lose more wine using corks than you do with stuff. Anyways, the reason you decant is the reason that we open these wines before we started. The wine needs to hit oxygen for about 15, 20 minutes to really get what you're supposed to do. That's also what the swirling helps with. Gets the wine thin in the glass, lets that oxygen get in. The oxygenation of the wine gets it to the peak of its flavor. But once you get to that peak, then it starts to valley out. So you enjoy it for a time. Your more structured, more hearty wines. The or, you know, if you just want to put it down to more expensive. Uh, I, I tend to think that some things have a chance to over deliver in the twelve dollar range, and some chance some wines that are expensive have the chance to under deliver. Mm -hmm. So, it's it's not a base price equals quality. It's just for the most part it does. All right. Now this this Saldo is uh, I don't want to say it's my new favorite Zin, but it's going to be the one I'm looking for when I'm out to buy a Zin now. Yeah, this is good. To it's gonna be that Thanksgiving sin. Yeah. Even oh. if though it, with Thanksgiving, you should probably do Pinot Noir or uh, Gewurztraminer if you want to bring that back. So I don't suppose you have any fast and dirty rules about pairing wine. Like where where does this notion of wine pairing and food pairing? I know the general like rules of thumb. Sure. So you know, with fishes, you tend to want to go with whites with. Uh, you know, yeah, like why? So. Why do you want? Why do you want steak and red wine? Why do you want fish and white wine? It's very simple. You want them to complement each other, and you want them to not do the same thing. Because if we drank a ten dollar cab and then we drank a ten dollar cab, it would probably be pretty difficult to tell them apart. So if you have a really lemon zest. Uh, piece of fish just covered in lemon and you have like a light zesty Pinot Grigio, it's probably going to taste like you're drinking water because you're basically eating and drinking the same thing. But red and steak, you go well together because you have all that umami, all that pepper, 
and then you take a sip of your red wine and it's the big jammy fruit. It's a whole complement that goes through. So you have like big taste, big taste. That's what the whole pairing is. There's not hard and fast outside of just like this flavor profile and this flavor profile. Those things go together. Right. So it, general rule of thumb, you know, reds with red meat, whites with white meat. But what sauce do you have? What sides you got? Right. All that kind of thing needs to, to stick out. And uh, it's going to be a broken record tonight, but you just have to experiment. Right. I mean, that, that's the thing is like what you like, you can develop a taste for wine, but what you mm -hmm. like over what somebody else likes, it, it that's just figuring out what you, you know, figuring out your own sensibilities and really experimenting with it. Uh, much like life, really, you know, uh, go in, you know, open mind, uh, you know, assume nothing, uh, you know, hope for everything and you, you'll find something pretty great. Um so we have some special sort of bonus wines. Oh, yes. Our rare blood types tonight. So one is going to be probably more available to you than the others. Uh, we're going to go across the sea. So what this this was actually really funny. And it was so obvious when when you said it, I should have known. I should have known. What would Asiarch Bone Reaper wine uh, like? blood be right they're bones what they're bones so what you do is you take a hard white thing and you grind it into a into a a wine and they call it sake <laughs> so this is a junmai naguri so junmai means uh, they can't step outside the basic ingredients of sake correct and then uh, nigori means it's cloudy Right. Nagori, you know, it, it's somewhere between some kind of translation of um, unfiltered, which is not really true. Um, but it's also like the, the rice isn't polished as much. So you're going to get more particulates of the rice. So that being said, Chad Gang, if you jumped uh, to sake on this one, I don't know how many people actually knew we were drinking sake. But Mr. Meth for sure. Uh, get that mouth washed out before you go from saldo to sake, because you might uh, have a bad interaction. <laughs> so with a, with a cloudy sake, do we want to shake and not stirred? Like uh, what's, what's the etiquette on? No, no, but you can see that a nice film that we get off of that. No, and sake, it's its its own animal. This one, uh, it's even more like you go from starter wines to whatnot. Sake, you kind of have to just jump in because no one's going to explain it to you. And sometimes you're not going to find the same sake twice when you go to the store. Yeah, so. no, it's uh, – I um, so I, I like uh, – my first couple experiences with sake were pretty bad. Like I got the really like – it's a different, it is a different taste uh, from wine, from if you've never had sake before, like they go, so, so, you know, like, like one of the things, like the cool things about sort of like a traditional Japanese culture is basically excellence in whatever you do. 
So, like, whatever, if you want to be the best, like, crayon artist, then, like, nail it, right? Like, and this is, it's a stereotype, and it's it's not nice to, to do this with cultures, so so keep that in mind. But at some point, like, like uh, just the, the, you know, they had rice to make alcohol out of. And I hate rice beer. I don't like it. And so that my first experience with, with, uh, with rice wine, or sake was like, I didn't know what I was looking for. Uh, they say it's dry or it's sweet. It should be served hot or cold. Like, it, there's, it, like, it, it, wine felt overwhelming. And I was already, like, a wine fan. And mm. then there's, like, a fourth dimension when you get to, like, sake. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice that everyone calls it sake instead of rice wine. Because, one, rice wine sounds gross. And, uh, too, because it gives it its own category of like, it's just like I, I'm great at wine and I'm not really great at jumping into bourbons and whiskeys. Like, that's still a category that I'm just not in. I can help you so, with $10 bourbons. Just like sake, it's its its own little category. So, yeah, I'm a lot of like banana off the nose on this, at least on mine. Well, you said banana, so of course I get banana now. <laughs> Damn it. Don't think about bananas. <laughs> uh, sake served at body temperatures, what you've heard. Uh, I've heard most of the time room to chilled for your good sakis and then your bad sakis you heat up. That's kind or a less value sakis or more value sakis, I should say, you heat up. Yeah, like you, a hot sake, for instance, uh, is going to get like this really effervescent quality, which mm-hmm. is actually pretty cool. Um, so this was uh, this one specifically designed to be served chilled. Very sweet. It's mm-hmm. got that effervescent thing going on that sake often has. Floral. Um, unlike uh, so, like I usually drink like a pure junmai is like my go-to sake. I because uh, so like a bourbon to be a bourbon you have to follow specific criteria. Right. Um to be junmai you have to follow pretty specific criteria. Criteria. Yeah, you I mean, all it's, it's nice uh, polish down to half, right? And then yeah. you have to go through all kind of Yeah, like the ingredients you can use and how much the grain must be polished. And so you tend to get a pretty good consistency. Um this is why where I recommend if you're 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 jumping into sake uh, sweet sakis and junmai, like probably a good place to start. Cause even the sweet stuff never really goes cloyingly sweet. The, like, especially if you're looking at like a, a like a, a Japanese import or something like that, like it's a very Western thing that we like over sugar everything. <laughs> like, oh, and, uh, just in case anyone's worried, no wines here. And for the most part, all wine served in America without nutritional facts listed on the back of the wine, uh, do not have added sugar. So whatever they get out of the grapes. So so you'll note I've had my sake sitting here on ice to chill. Uh, for I, I have also, it's just under the table here. So sake also, uh, pro tip, uh, start drinking sake after you're already a little drunk. It's even better. Yeah. So uh, I uh, busted out Molly's sake mm. set. I didn't actually pour from the from the sake bottle, but I did. Now, try. you probably weren't able to find our other rare blood type for the evening. I was not. 
Because this special fella is fairly difficult to find because he doesn't have a whole lot of distribution. Because no one knows what the hell this thing is. So, I have pink horror blood here. Some of the rarest and hardest blood to get because obviously when you kill them, they pop into other shit. So, to start at a pink horror is very difficult. This is also Saki. Is Zeki Jelly Saki. Oh my. So this is a can, as you can see. The canned sakis I've had have been fantastic, by the way. I haven't you had a bad one. The label suggests at least 20 shakes. In case you really wanted to count, I'm not going to. I know you have to shake it, otherwise it doesn't like to come out. Because this is basically a jello sake shot in a can. So it starts out as a liquid. And it has a nice little jelly. The only way to really get this is to taste it, because you'll actually get like jelly forms as you as you drink it. Mm. It's nice and sweet after this uh ghost sake we just or OBR sake. So pink effervescent jelly. You get the bubbles as you drink the jelly. It's a great time. <laughs> See, I'm mad. I'm jelly, you might say, because I couldn't find this one. Yes, so uh, another uh, tool of the trade, go to your local liquor store. That's not a chain liquor store. Ask them for product. They will find it for you. Tell them, here's my phone number. Call me when you can get uh, Ozeki Jelly Saki shots. They'll find it. And yes, we've devolved into taking jello shots. Get owned. Get owned. Mm. You know... You may not be able to call Rantcast the best Age of Sigmar podcast, but you can call it the most. A podcast? I don't know. It's just there's nothing like it. <laughs> there's nothing like this show. Oh man, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of Chat Gang and uh, and myself. Mm-hmm. Ninety three episodes, and we've. I, I wanted to do a a uh, a musical episode for uh, Rantcast one hundred. But I don't think it's going to happen. So we might save the the musical rant cast for two hundred. When I can actually like, you know, pay people money to like help me like orchestrate it and stuff. And that that is true, Doctor uh, Doctor Dark Match. Jello is made out of bones. This happens to be pink horror bones. So this is your zinch blood today. Yeah, I like that. That there is a parallel there between sakes. So yes, sake. Is kind of you, I, I can, can almost really substitute it for vodka, basically. I can hear you almost chewing. <laughs> oh, it's it's getting caught in my mouth because it is jelly in here. It's like when you take a Jello shot and you know how you stir it with the the toothpick to get it off the edge. Yeah. Or if you just suck it out like a the suck head you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's basically that consistency going through. So it's like I'm eating a cup of Jello as I'm doing a podcast, which is. Ultra professional. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> mm. But it is super refreshing. It's like drinking a Sprite after after all these big reds that we just went through. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Let's talk the big gnarly list. So, do you have access to the big gnarly list? Uh, did you share it with me? Let me share it with you. So, everyone who's been patiently waiting and watching me and Mr. Meff get drunk on stream. Oh, I'm not even there yet. You kidding me? Oh, no. Uh, like two, uh, it takes two bottles for blast off time for me. Like I, I'm not. I like I might be warm in the cheeks right now, but I'm not even tipsy yet. I need to drink more, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's what I heard you say. <laughs> uh, Tyrant Mania saying, "SJ Arcade, thanks for putting this together, dude." Oh, no problem, my dude. No, this is this is excellent. This is um. I hope, my hope is as we, we try to figure this out here, uh, my hope is that people walk away, first off, like, never be afraid of a new experience. You know, Age of Sigmar, I think one of the greatest things about it is the sort of breadth of community you interact with. Like, you you meet these, like, awesome people in this community. And then, like, like you, you know that you have Age of Sigmar in common, right? You're like, cool, awesome. And then you have these, like, little, as you sort of begin to meet people and you discover, like, what else you have in common, that's when you make, like, really... I think sincere, long-lasting bonds and stuff like that, where you really, um, you know, I've made more friends in Age of Sigmar. You know, I I forget how many years it's been now, but in one year of tournament play, I made more friends in Age of Sigmar than I had in 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 the totality of my life in anything else. We're trying to desperately kill Doctor Darkmatch tonight. I'm sorry with the candlelight. <laughs> I can uh, I can turn the overheads back on here. I wanted the ambient uh, ambience ambience um but yeah like i i I don't know like part of it is i think it it, you know yeah it's where i'm at in my life now i'm uh quite frankly i was kind of a shit in my 20s uh who the hell wasn't uh but also i mean having that like initial like passion because age of sigmar is is a passion game right i'm not not to say that people aren't passionate about other things but age of sigmar you must possess some form of passion, whether it's for the game or the models or your army, whatever it may be. And and army on the table is work. Right. Right. Um and let's see, did you share this with me? I believe so. Oh. Is it wanting different permissions? No, you threw me in you threw it in Discord, so I have to minimize thing. Alright. Yeah, I you know, I'm gonna expose myself as one of those terrible humans that uh I don't know why it's become uh, such a thing lately, but I also enjoy uh, Warhammer 40,000 from time to time. Um, and I also enjoy... Uh, I- I've been Warhammer Fantasy since the early 2000s. And when the shift happened, obviously Age of Sigmar 1 was whatever that was. Uh, but Age of Sigmar is a fantastic game. I still have my beautiful square-based dwarf Bretonians overs with my books, and I still play those games. And I play Age of Sigmar. That's awesome. That's, yeah, I do. I do require access, so request sent. Mm-hmm. Um, request should be sent. Back. I got my phone hidden here behind my beautiful rainbow skull. S- smashing. This is the uh, Pride Crystal Skull Vodka bottle. All right, I so I see Blood Wine Whist. I see High Elves, Orcs, and Goblins, Slaves of Darkness. Oh, what a cheat too. What the what? I don't know why that thing has two sheets, but there's a sheet one and a sheet two. Got it. Boom. All right, here we are. And then I'll get this uh, thrown up on the screen, so theoretically. Yes. So. 
This is the varietal is on the left next to the names of the different races. And then I threw some suggestions out there. If you really just can't trust yourself to go find wine in the store, here are some suggestions for you. All right. We'll zoom in a bit. All right. So we, uh, up at the top, we got order. And I see you've yes. highlighted in green the ones we've done. Yes. So, so here's the master list. Maximum screen. There we go. That should be... I think everyone should be able to read that, yeah? Chat? Is that good for you, chat gang? On your phone, it's pretty microscopic. <laughs> if it's a rip-on phone, I can... You know what? Here. Full screen. Alright, I'm going to disappear. We're going to disappear for a moment. We'll be back. Make it so. Uh, chat gang, you're still the show within the show. You can't be superseded. Uh, what if we throw you up here? There we go. And so some of these uh, wine varietals might look familiar. Some of them you might have no idea. Meth, I'll let you list through them, and if any of them pop out to you as ones that you've never heard of, uh, please let me know. All right, so for uh, Stormcast Eternals, uh, like basically categorically... Red blends, right? American red blends, particularly Cabernet-based. You don't quite know what wines are in it, but you taste some familiar things, which is the whole Stormcast gimmick. Uh, Frontera is a fantastic volume option for this. The Cat Merlot blend for them is killer. There's a 1.5 liter that rocks. Get at it. Yeah. Menage a Trois, great one to take to a party. And if anyone enjoyed The Prisoner with us, uh, tonight, you'll know that that was delicious. Right on. Uh, Fire Slice, so glue wine. I don't, this, this, uh, glue vine. Glue wine is vine. Christmas wine. Okay. So this one you traditionally drink uh, at wintertime because you put mold spices and uh, in a saucepan and you warm it up and you drink the wine warm, like almost hot. And it's a nice, hearty, thick red wine. With mold spice. So I figured fire slayers, they're they're thick, they're warm. Perfect. <laughs> Match made in heaven. And they all kind of look like Santa Claus. So is that like um what do they call it? Uh mold wine? Like mold wine is Yes, that's gonna be in that category. So okay. you'll probably see it during during the like after Thanksgiving hits, you'll see the little bottles with like Christmas scenes on it. That's usually glue vine. Uh KO. Port. Tawny port. Specifically. Tawny port. Well, there are uh, sailor men. And so so they... there's there's different types of port. Right. And so so I only loosely understand this. What are the different types of port and why is Tawny port the one we go to? Well, Tawny port, I, I, I like it because you can throw it in some particularly good mixed drinks that I like. Uh, most of the time I go for your straight standard port. But like the Fonseca here is just going to be your Porto port. You know, port is its own uh, gimmick, much like sake or, or bourbon, where, you know, if you went and tried a glass of port right now, it would probably be a little shocking compared to these because of the big jammy sweetness. 
They're they're yeah. hard hitting. Uh, they I I I often see them as like aperitifs or desserts. Like you you drink the port after the meal. Right. Or, you know, this like, is your dessert because of the like it is a di- whole different consistency almost mm-hmm. uh, versus plain. And they're usually hitting at like twenty to twenty five percent. So you need to like sip that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrant Mania. The wife just gave you a look for mixing port. <laughs> we're we're at the all sorts part of the evening. I see. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, port. Uh, so Fonseca. They sell both a volume and a seven fifty. And this. Uh, yeah, port, sa- port is so interesting because you know you'll go to uh, if you go to a nice steakhouse and they give you the dessert menu at the end and it has the list of where you see the brandies and your ports. Uh, here, sir, here's your brandy port list. You'll see things like a 150 year old brandy at, you know, a hundred dollars a glass. And then you'll see, or like, you'll see a 40 year old brandy at that. And then you'll see a 150 year old port at like 15 bucks. Like, why is that exactly? So, You'll be shocked to know there's a lot of kayfabe and um, uh, trickery in labeling, much like in bourbons and whiskeys, much like in everything with alcohol. As long as you have like a drop of 150 year old port in the port, it's 150 year old port. <laughs> so. That's how you get, you know, you take your one barrel, 150, you take your little eyedropper and you, go, and you put it in into another one. Oh, boom. I just made a whole bottle of 150 year old port water and a wine. Beautiful. Nice. Nice. Uh, and that's how you get that. Like, cause you'll go to a store and you'll be like, wow, 40 year old port. And it's like 15, $16. How did this 40 year old wine get? It's because it's not all 40 year old wine, but don't let that fool you. It's delicious. To be sipped after a nice dinner, you know, uh, experience something new, go get you a port. Does right it on. sound like a scam? It's a scam. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does it sound like a scam? It's a scam. Man. See, like, as as we're talking here, I'm, I'm curious what your perspective is, like, what crazy trivia you know about Prohibition. Just having been in the circuit. Oh, I mean... Uh, like probably. obviously, like uh, like I, I mean, if you, if you're on the international audience, you know you're not necessarily Ameri- uh, familiar with American prohibition, but like it was a bad idea. <laughs> like yeah, it was, it's one of those you know, you tell you tell somebody not to do something, and then they're gonna find a way to do it, even if they didn't want to. Well, this is how we have NASCAR now. Stock cars were essentially and like the reason you have NASCAR. The reason that. Um, my people, the uh, why Italians were ingratiated into our society is because we had the booze, so everybody liked us. They used to hate us and wouldn't let us get jobs before prohibition. And then once we once booze became hard to get, hey, look at the Italians are here to save the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, like a lot of a lot of people in California, because a lot of these vineyards that are famous now were alive before prohibition. Well, um, they existed because they would make medicinal wine and uh, communion wine for churches. Uh, and everyone knew it was a scam. Everyone knew that it wasn't going to last forever. So if you could just hold on for dear life, you were going to make it to the other side. What was cool about like uh, 
Well, there's there's some like erasure in our history too of like all the minorities that played a huge role in like stock car and stuff. Like like a lot of the st- a lot of the stock car drivers were like often you know like minorities, the ones who physically drove the cars, and you know so there's like a whole a whole like hidden history to like prohibition that we like yeah we get the Capone and we get like some of that stuff and Alcatraz stories and because right. a lot of Alcatraz was populated off of like essentially prohibition uh, criminals, uh, yeah. but like. We wouldn't have the Kennedys without Prohibition. Yeah, yeah. So the like family. That's how they made all their money. Yeah. No. It's. It, I mean. It's. It's. I. I, I don't. Know. Sorry. I, I didn't want to. I felt like we didn't. Ha- like we were talking the tangent, so I needed a tangent within the tangent. I had to. Sure. <laughs> Prohibition is one of those things that, like, it, you know. Thank, thanks for the free publicity. Like you, you made us hard to get. So, like, man, imagine the FOMO of they made Games Workshop products illegal. Like, ooh, yeah. delicious FOMO they can make. You're yeah. not allowed to have Games Workshop products anymore. Yeah, like, it, it's, like, I, I've said before, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I certainly align on, like, the, the left side of the, the political spectrum, but I'm actually, like, very much for a lot of, like, a lot of personal freedom. Uh, if it weren't for a lot of the social stuff I believe in, you know, you could talk to me and you'd be like, oh, this guy's, like, you know, you know, thinks you should, like, legalize a bunch of stuff and the government should, like, not be the say on a lot of stuff and you're like that sounds an awful lot like a you know conservative values and i'm like mm, you know well it's it, it, but anyway anyway I, I digress i don't like to go into like partisan aspect of political talk though though i do like appreciate political discourse there is something to be said for like legalizing something or making something like like novel and like you erred in this mystique and like now it's forbidden and you know like and then and then it just it just gets this you know like kids and smoking right like it, it just whatever whatever it is you know yeah, when I smoke cigarettes like I know naturally I'm just cooler when I do right but you look cooler because I'm not supposed to <laughs> right right and yeah. there's <laughs> uh, who wants to try this methamphetamine not me um, but like there's a bunch of bad things that go along with stuff and there's bad things that go along with alcohol so if you're by the way, I hope you're legal age, uh, whatever your country's rules are, uh, and I hope you're being responsible tonight. I, I feel like that kind of went without saying. Um, you know, don't watch Rantcast, be drinking wine, and then go drive someplace by any means, please. Please uh, don't. Enjoy like, responsibly. Yeah, I mean, this is we we talked about at the beginning of the show. What's the difference between like a wino and a you know and an appreciator of wine? It's you know, it's whether it interferes with your life, and that's really most quote unquote destructive habits. When it starts to interfere with your life or other people's lives, that's when we need to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. I am yeah. of legal age and being very irresponsible. Well, Razor Tree, you you you've earned it. <laughs> I can't stop you. All right, sorry, sorry about that small uh, small tangent. I'm trying to put tangents in no. here when the whole show is the tangents. All right, um, so Karajan wrote Sylvaneth. Okay, so Cab Frank. Cabernet Franc. So this fella is usually in mixture, but by itself, really dark, really uh, wood, like a woody, powerful little wine. Oh, and the reason all of these are red is because blood is red. That's the entire <laughs> gimmick of this. So uh, that's why you'll see some like, you know, mead isn't on here. I saw that for Cities of Sigmars because I, I cut myself down to just red varietals. Right, so blood is red. The whole joke being we're celebrating soul blight by, you know, if you were to go through and 
and uh, drink the blood of your enemies. And uh, yeah. here are your enemies on screen. What would their blood taste like? Yeah, or, you know, your fellow uh, follower of corn. Yeah, I saw you had the corn emblem out there, like, very prominently featured initially. You've got a wine glass in front of it now, but... <laughs> there you go. Nice, nice. Yes, Cap Franc, uh, probably one you haven't run into a bunch. Coco Bon uh, is the brand I put for Rat King. That's going to be really interesting because they formulate it in a way where you actually get a lot of chocolate uh, notes at the front. So you get like a big cocoa bean flavor. Uh, I would suggest it's fun. There, there are some chocolate wines. I would avoid those because some of them are very strange. As much as they look like delicious chocolate milk, they do not taste like delicious chocolate milk. Well, um, there's a uh, Choco Vine, right? Is, uh, is it's it's rated at ninety points, and like we didn't talk about the like rating scale wine because it's you know. So, so what they bought the half page ad and the spectator like like, like like the Oscars, it's political, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, Choco Vine is rated at all, but if you go into wine ratings, like ninety is bad. Like it's basically a one to ten scale. Like starting at ninety, and no one gets a hundred. Um, and to even be rated, yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's funny. There's this one. Oh, it's escaping me right now. But it's this one Spanish wine that like they'll come out with this fifteen dollar bottle of wine, and boom, it's a ninety eight. I'm like, man, how does this thing get this court? And then I drink it, and like, goddamn, all right, ninety eight, sure, fine. <laughs> uh, I Deepkin. I went with. Uh, much like their their elven soul kin is a red blend Syrah. So this was also an excuse to get one of my favorite wines on there, which is the uh, Red Schooner. Uh, I think they're on voyage number nine. This is Mal- a Malbec blend. They bring it from South America and produce the wine in California. And it's from uh, Camus. Oh, really fantastic stuff. Do yourself a favor. It's probably 50 to $55 a bottle. It's delicious. You'll love it. And if you're stomping elves, uh, riding fish, it's a it's a perfect time. See, to I I want to say I want I want to live in a world where, like, yes, drink beer at the at the tables, uh, you know, for Warhammer. But I want I want I want to live in a world where like you have like a little wine cabinet with you, you know, like a little wine wet bar. You show up. And maybe you have like the little like uh you know two fifty mil bottles or whatever you know like yeah, the small yeah one eighty sevens yeah you show up and like depending on whom you're fighting at the table like you pull out the bottle of their blood and uh, Razor Tree you're a thousand percent correct but you forgot one you forgot uh you forgot Soul Blight on your list the Spider Man pointing meme with Kane Corn and Marathi and Soul Blight <laughs> yes yeah, Soul Blight oh you will you will note um. Uh, once we get later, uh, Legions of Nagash is not listed on here because uh, they're a big question mark right now. So right, I like really doing anything. All right, so uh, Dodgers of Cain, we we handled that all tonight. Seraphon, so Seraphon had to be an interesting. Is this uh, is, coalesced? Then are we assuming coalesced, or do you have like a cheeky little nod to to uh, Starborn? Uh, what was that? Uh, with Seraphon. Are these coalesced, like the ones that are physical and on the realm, or are, or are they? Or do you have a cheeky nod to the ones that are born out of primordial memories? 
Oh, for, for sure. It, all of this is under the rare occasion you're actually able to just wring one out like a lemon. <laughs> uh, so, super fun. I, I went with the hard, man, I've just just tried really hard with this one and said, where's, where's Seraphon lore from South America? Okay, perfect. Malbec done print. Uh, Malbec's delicious. Get on the Malbec train. Black. Not drink the Malbec train. Get on the Malbec. Train. Uh, black box. Uh, Malbec is fantastic. Also the, uh, the Aldi's brand Malbec is pretty solid. Uh, Aldi's brand. What did, what did I put for the big dog on this one? Uh, Castellero oh, del Diablo. Diablo. This is this is the Coca Cola of Malbec. This is like the big brand. You think Malbec, you think Casio del Diablo. It's great. Can't go wrong. Cities of Sigmar, I went with Cabernet Sauvignon because this is just the good army that does everything. And this is the good wine that does everything. And this is like your basic red wine. Everybody knows Cabernet. Everybody knows these models in Cities of Sigmar. They're classics. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, I like that uh, uh, the mead point earlier, right, would have been fair for them. Um, but mead is also, you're talking about mead is like a sub, a subsection of wine in and of itself. Like, like sake is like fourth dimension. Mead is like fourth dimension where they have their own conventions too. And if, if somebody wants to know why all this stuff is wine, it just means they fermented it. And in yeast and produced alcohol. That's yeah, like yeah. the reason the same you you can't say the same for spirits is because they distill them. It's a slightly different process, and by and, slightly I mean completely. And beer is different still, right? Because you have to malt it. it you, there's a whole process. I used to brew beer for a while, and then, uh, and I'm like, wining would wine is easier but more expensive because you have to like. Like Wisconsin sucks for growing wine, so you'd you'd have to like import it's your vines, your grapes, and then specific spots. And it's funny if you look at the. Um, Although we do have good frost wines, so go on, sir. What's that? Go no, finish your point first, and I'll talk uh, about. If you look at the um, the lines on the earth, if you go from California, the Napa Valley region, and you follow the line all the way across, you hit Bordeaux. They're the same level of the planet. And that's why they produce basically the same kinds of wine so well with each other. Mm. But you have people who see these name brand wine varietals like Cabernet and they come to Texas and they try to grow them here. And obviously we're not California. We're not France. So it doesn't grow as well. There are some areas that can produce. One suggestion for this, we can produce what Spain can produce. We're great at, uh, Tempranillos and things like that. But if you grew a Pinot Noir in Texas, it's going to taste like shit. It's too hot. It needs to be cold and wet and sad. Wisconsin. Yes. So Wisconsin can uh, grow Pinots. Huh? <laughs> what? Not too cold. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't worry. Climate change has like solved the too cold thing. We only get cold one month now. <laughs> uh, he, he's the death guy. Is, uh, is explaining the story of a uh, Casiero or Casigero del Diablo. Yes, they uh, they wanted to stop people from stealing the wine in the cellars, so they told everyone in the town that the devil lived in the cellars. That's hilarious. And, uh, stopped uh, stopped That's amazing. That's actually really awesome. What great great trivia. Um 
what I was saying before is, uh, uh, are we going to see? I'll ask the question if we're you know if we're going to see it. Are we going to see any like frost wines or anything like that on this? Uh, not on here because one, they're normally white wines. Okay. Uh, but you know the the frost vines is is an emerging so specific and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they're emerging. Uh, they're emergent. It's it's they're weird. They're they're kind of they remind me of ports, but they go in a different like they they go a different way a little bit, and they're always super expensive. But like and that's, that's because it's almost a noble rot, and that term is uh, wine made from raisins, basically. So instead of the grape, that grape survives these harsh winter environments, kind of freezes, unfreezes a few times, so it's just the shriveled mess again, torture. Uh, and so you get so much less juice out of it. And so it's just sugar and these skins. And so they squeeze it together into usually smaller format bottles. And they're a little, usually a little bit more expensive, but they produce some really sweet, oh. thicker I've, wine. I've never had a bad one, though. Every time we go to, like, these wine tastings. And uh, so Wisconsin, like, the best the best vintners in Wisconsin, they import their grapes and then they... They distill. They they actually like they ferment the grapes and they blend them and they do, yeah. Those are the best wines we kind of get because the ones who grow their own grapes tend to be like, I mean they they just they don't they don't taste very good. Like we it, yeah. It, it, I don't know. Um, I I suspect we could probably do some pinots decently though. Uh, it, we're we're a cold swamp. That is Wisconsin's climate that has been terraformed. It's a cold swamp. Yeah. It- it's just the difference in does it snow there a lot? Yes. Then no. <laughs> <laughs> in part, it's got snow. It has to get. It has to get. Really, it's not about being cold. It can't get too hot. So if you're ever really above eighty-five, too much, then you're probably too hot. But if you freeze, you're too cold. That's why Pinot Noir is hard as shit to make and make well. That's why Washington and Oregon are killing it. Mm. It's a perfect spot for it. Mm. Because Washington has that that the uh, Pacific Northwest current that keeps them temperate, and yeah, it's uh, such a unique wine region. Nice. All right, so um, it's interesting because the regionality of wine is like very important to like how good it comes out and like keep it's everything. It's it's if you don't start with the right place, you know, you can give any artist crayons or finger paints and like, if they're really great, man, you could maybe pull something out. But like, if you don't have, if you don't have the right tools, if you don't have those grapes in the right spot, grown correctly, it's really hard to make a good wine. Right on. Uh, so then LRL, uh, Rosé. Interesting. Lol. <laughs> well, so is it because like Rosé is like kind of like the new fad in wine is, you know, that that is true. Rosé is is really a, an up and coming category. Uh, I picked it because they've purified their bloodline to the point to where you, there's barely any blood in it. Mm. It's it's pink at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, like rosés are interesting as a, a categorically because like you can have like a, I the really good rosés I've had have been Pinot Grigio rosés, but like they'll they call anything a rosé. Because it's like pink and they're trying to sell it. Yeah, so the only the way you get a rosé is you just take the skins off sooner. Like wine, you crush it, sits on the skins, sticks and leaves and whatever the hell they got out of the, the ground there. <laughs> and until it turns red and then they yank it all out. But if you yank the skins out halfway, 
then it's pink. So you can make any red wine into rosé. Uh, the predominant one is Pinot Noir and, uh, and uh, uh, Grenache are, are normally the rosés you get. But again, because you can make a rosé out of anything, you really have to eyeball what the wine says it is. So if it's a rosé of Pinot Noir, it's going to taste different from a rosé of Malbec. So you don't necessarily like rosés. You like Pinot Noir rosés. You like Malbec rosés. Right. You right. have to, you can trick yourself into thinking that, wait, mate, do I like rosés? It's like, yes, you might like rosés in one specific area. And another thing that goes with LRL, do you like Spear Boys? Go with Spear Boys. If you like uh, Kangaroos, nice. go to Spear Nice. Like, You're out rant casting me right now. Well done. <laughs> no, uh, Razor Tree, everybody in chat gang knows that I'm one of the... Uh, Rantcast was one of the early proponents for for Illumineth Realm Lords. Uh, I call them the Vicarious Army. Uh, I feel like in the self-deprecating manner, I'm allowed to make fun of them a little bit. Uh, like, we know who the OG embraces of LRL were, and now there's all these, like, new bandwagoners. No, I... Yeah. Don't harsh on bandwagoners. It, it, everyone starts being a fan of something somewhere. But rosés are a recent trend. I was just trying to get a quip in about rosés being a recent rose trend. Rosés are a recent trend, and man, there is, uh, in my opinion, because my hard drinking days are over. Uh, where, Same, where I, I hope. To be tough and, and, and jam stuff. You know, sitting on the porch drinking cold rosé is great. Try it. You'll love it. <laughs> you can't go wrong with these. The Bontero Rosé box is perfect. Just have it in the fridge. Get a glass of rosé whenever you want. Last for three weeks once it's open. Perfection. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, Gazella Vino Verde Rosé is going to be a little more adventurous, but still in that Rat King category. And then uh, my absolute favorite wine maybe on this list right now. And, you know, as with Age of Sigmar, I'm working on six armies at the same time. My love travels quickly and often. <laughs> um, the Bernay Inspiration Rosé is a magnifique. It's beautiful. Just suck it down. It's gorgeous. Love it. And, of course, that $250 bottle of champagne that I talked about earlier in the Rankcast, that is a Brut Rosé, which is the king dog of champagnes. You get your Brut's. Brute Rosé is for the for us in the know, the good stuff. Right on, right on. Um, I wish they could have seen your facial expression there, uh, but it's all blotted out by this list. Uh, but that was a that was it was sincere. It was this like deep grin, like cheek to cheek. It was amazing. Um, so then, Swift Talk agents, which is really funny that you included them. So there's got to well, be a great I'm reason for this. Wine, so hey, uh, you know. Why not? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. What, what are my thoughts on orange wines? Um, they exist. That are my thoughts on orange wines. Uh, from uh, Tyrant Mania. Uh, real um, quick, kick, Kicker asked me, but how do I feel about Aaron Rodgers' rumors? I feel that they are rumors and, uh, you know, whatever. If, if he leaves, he leaves. It's They've I squandered the best years of his life already by just not getting him the support he's needed basically the entire time uh that he didn't want to restructure his contract was sus under like make money you know like seriously he he's he's entitled to make as much money as he wants uh and he should and 100 percent because football is sacrificing the body harder than just about any other physical sport we have left it's 
like boxing even has like better concussion protocols. Styles are pro wrestlers. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's right, exactly. Uh, three years is the average career span for a for a football player. Professional wrestlers is the only thing that's about about shorter. Um, so and certainly worse. <laughs> and it's it's way harder to make money and there's no like player union for wrestlers and yeah uh yeah anyway anyway um (laughs) and the fact that like one brand tried to have a monopoly for so long and kind of successfully did didn't help anybody and uh and but i will say with aaron Rodgers, i feel like from what i see uh packers fans are almost happy that they're like hey you know you did good by us our team fucked you for like 10 years now. Yep. Go do you, dude. We'll, we'll do whatever. That, as a fan, that's where I'm at. I'm like, Rogers, if, if you think the grass is greener elsewhere, brother, like you owe Green Bay nothing. Like he's won two MVPs. He has oh, arguably the best measurable statistics a quarterback can have without the accolades, you know, without the trophies, the hardware. And uh, do you care about the stats or the hardware? You know, and that's that's a debate you're allowed to have. Um, if he wants more hardware and he thinks he can get it elsewhere, go on. Uh, because I know that I felt we've always been a good draft away from another Super Bowl ring or, like, a better defense away from a Super Bowl. Like, and it's just, like, the whole time as a Packer fan where you're just, like, Rodgers deserved better this whole time. Like, yeah. and I'm, like, if he's found that, like, that stacked defense with like offensive weapons and they don't have a quarterback and he can just like what Tom Brady did where like hey look at this like team that just didn't have to spend money on like anything and they just have oh just falling off of trees the best linebackers and quarterback like yeah, fine the old Madden team yeah yeah like if yeah, he's all his microtransactions he's got all the cards in the game yeah like if you can just if you can just go someplace that has like the deck already stacked in your favor, Rogers, do it, dude. I don't, I don't, I don't lament you. I will get mad at fans that like get mad at him. Uh, yeah, like I can't wait to see the, the Jamoke who's gonna burn his jersey in in, in the street. It's like yeah, those people I are. Give you uh, I will say we've been talking about torture a lot today, and uh, Tyrant Mania takes the cake by being a Jets fan. <laughs> Tyrant that, Mania. That's real. Tyrant Mania is well, that, and that's the thing is like, like we've been a playoff contender the the entire tenure of Rogers' career, and that is a small market. His entire tenure, and that keeps you relevant. That keeps you relevant as a market. Like because we're always in the playoffs, our team never fell out of marketability and like and and profitability. Never. And the entire tenure of Rodgers, like, and you gotta respect that. You know, like, you, you, like, you have large market teams, like the Jets, I'm sorry, like, where they just, the, the waxing and waning, and like, not, like, the hardcore fans are, like, always hardcore fans. The hardcore Packer fans are always gonna be hardcore Packer fans. But it's a lot easier to watch it when you think your team has a chance at the, at the playoffs. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, it's nothing like watching my, my Houston Texans go, you know, Eight and eight. Oh wow! Great guy. Great job, everybody. Ugh, man. Uh, well, hey, Tyrant Mania, if you play Slanesh and you're a Jets fan, I will. I will buy you a bottle of Prisoner. <laughs> if, you, if you model uh, the guy who's in the harp with the Jets jersey on, 
that that would earn you a bottle of prisoner from old SJ Arcade. So SJ Arcade, you can they can at you. He can at you on Twitter at where? At me on Twitter at SJ Arcade. If you if you model your your harp player with the the guy who's the harp as a Jets fan, bottle of prisoner from me. It'll probably be a PayPal payment, and you can figure it out from your end because shipping wine is real sus. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, if Rogers goes and like Gudekunst and and uh, new coach <laughs> uh, think that they've got the next guy in drafted already. Fine, whatever. Uh, I'm ready. I. I Go ahead. That's a real tangent, right? Is uh, <laughs> just pack pack your chat. Yeah, I like sports ball. I'm a nerd, but I get nerdy about everything. It is it is yeah, probably. It... <laughs> I've been getting Astros updates this entire podcast, and uh, another win. Yeah, there Cheer. you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've uh, I've kind of keyed out of like the Brewers for. Oh, man, they just fallen into a malaise they fly too close to the, this is the team that perpetually flies too close to the sun and they're just three years of shit and then like they and then the three years of shit it just over and over and over but we do have two good starting pitchers now which is something we haven't had my entire tenure of being a brewers fan so hey you could be the 10 we have a great bullpen like that's something that's not nothing you could you could go to the first round of the playoffs every year and get spanked by the yankees like like the tens do. That's all right. Again, sm- as a small market team, that that keeps you relevant. That keeps selling merch. That keeps you hoping. Uh. Anyway. 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 Go. Go. go Bucks. I picked uh, Sweet Rosso because it was a chance to get this category on there. You usually can find it with some effervescence, so a little bit of air in there. Uh, Rioniti Lambrusco is like. The red wine on planet Earth. This this thing from Italy to here, it's just a slosh down sweet red wine. You can get it in the jug if you if you dig the jug. Uh, the Rat King 750 tier is everyone's new favorite wine, Stella Rosa. This shit is sweet wine. This is 55 grams of sugar per glass. That's like drinking a Mountain wine. Dew. Yeah, this this shit has the nutritional facts on the back. I wonder why. Uh, it, yeah, st- it, if you enjoy wine, you could pour over a snow cone, Stella Rosa. Uh, <laughs> and then Riscato is, you want that sweet, easy drinking wine, this is where you go. This is a brand that they launched out of Olive Garden. It was Olive Garden's house wine. And then it jumped from, you know, all the Olive Garden's locations hit Walmart shelves, and now it's one of the biggest brands on the planet. So, uh, Riscato is great. If you're if you like big red, you'll like Riscato. Right on. Um, and then now we go on to the chaos. Uh... Oh, and a little shout out quick for Darkling Covens. They they got they picked up Pinot Noir because I didn't list it anywhere else. Pinot Noir and... is a un like you said it's it's hard to get right, but once you find a Pinot Noir you like, stick with it. It's you know, like Pinot Noir is rewarding. Um, the Doctor Dark match with his uh, poor Andrew Luck. Uh, imagine being the Texans and just always sucking every year. 
<laughs> how about that? How about never, never getting a, a, a if if a like if generational player, he's going to be in jail. Well, like Rogers, so Rogers goes to the Texans. Like Rogers has kept, has kept, like bad Packers teams relevant. Like mm. they like we don't have a WAR statistic or win over replacement statistic. His with by all the amateur mathematicians out there is absurd. So like a good co- uh, like good coaches tend not to win you extra games. They just don't lose you games. Is how that works. And like so like a good coach wins you about two two extra games a season, right? Um, because like mm-hmm. it's such a like. The way the math for like football, it's just st- distilled over so many players and so many like things, and like QB is one of the ones that has like the highest impact to the field, but still like a good QB is like worth a, about a plus a plus two. Rogers at a plus four, yeah, like a, a Tom Brady is about a plus two. Relevant pull that kind of stuff because football is such an any given Sunday roll yeah. ball out. Who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, and the football bounces yeah, the other direction. Because physics. And uh, Tyrant Mania with the, the hard call-out. Yes, I listed Burgundy and Pinot Noir, even though technically uh, Slaves to Darkness as we move into Chaos. That Burgundy for Franzia is technically, like I said earlier, Zinfandel. So take that. Uh, so you go with the Franzia box, the, the Franzia Burgundy, huh? For Slaves yeah. to Darkness. Yeah, that you could drink with it and cook with it. It's beautiful. <laughs> So why'd you go Burgundy for Slaves of Darkness? So you, you described what Burgundy was to us before in America. This tends to be it's, it's the French word for red wine from a region that Americans just slapped on a front of a box, and they didn't get called out like Champagne did because Burgundy didn't care. Um, with Burgundy here, much like with Stormcast Eternals, went with a a big red category that everyone enjoys. Everyone likes Slaves to Darkness. Their model line's sweet. Yep. Super metal. They play great. Yeah, they're Nathan yeah, Explosion, the army. It's great. Uh, any chance I could get to put fat ass on any list, it's the most adorable little cheapy French burgundy with a hippo sitting and squashing the label. Love fat ass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you find the label, it's adorable. And then uh, the, the biggest uh, burgundy, even though it will be not labeled as such, even though you can find the Burgundy. Uh, Louis Jadot Beaujolais Village is one of the biggest French red wines on the planet, especially volume. Uh, should be fairly easy to find. Again, that is Louis Jadot Beaujolais Village. So if you find something in there with a lot of words on it, it's probably that one. All right. I'll tell somebody you have it sitting there. No, I'm. I've, I I was gonna hit the sake again because I'm like that oh, was nice. pretty tasty. So uh, uh, then we go to uh, corn merlot. This is the category that one stupid Oscar Oscar winning movie killed. Much like if one rule in corn that you have to spend all your blood type points every time you use them is stupid. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so this is your. Th- this is what every American used to drink. Merlot used to be the category for red wine. And then Cabernets and Red Blends came in and knocked it out. You know, people like to mention Sideways. That, that was that just was a happy accident right around the time the wine industry shifted away from Merlot. 
It's still a delicious category. Nice dry. Drink it. Pour it in your spaghetti sauce. Drink some more. It's delicious. Uh, went with some suggestions. Boda Box. Again, get on the box wine train. Uh, Columbia Crest. There might be a two vine series from them. That's also delicious. And then if you want to get the Merlot of Merlots, the King of Kings, Duckhorn Napa Merlot, you're probably spending in the mid-30s to 40s. This is what dictionary textbook Merlot tastes like. This is what, you know, how they have in France, they have the kilogram, mm -hmm. like in a box somewhere. This is the thing that weighs one kilo that everything is based off of. This is the Merlot. Right on. Duckhorn Napa. I've had this one. It's good. Like, as described. All right, so Maggot King of Nurgle. Maggot King of Nurgle. How do you sell me something palatable as a wine, but also be Nurgle-y? I is... went with French Armagnac. So this is technically cheating, because this is a spirit, but I'm going to do a lot of cheating as this list goes on. Uh, Armagnac is... It's harsh... With a light taste of like walnut and like just the lightest hint of gasoline as it goes through. And because uh, I imagine if you're if, if you're attempting to uh, drink from a maggot, it's going to be in light sips and it's going to kick. So I went with French Armagnac mainly to get people into a store to buy Armagnac because I guarantee none of, no one watching the stream has bought Armagnac. So I'm going to put that out there right now. Do you know what some of the first uh, first prison hooch was? Was it Armagnac? It was milk and gasoline. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I... I uh, I have a fun story with uh, the last Armagnac I owned was uh, my my dad got a series of Armagnacs from a friend, 1943, uh, 1963, 1975, and and I put it in my china cabinet with my wife's china she got from her grandmother. Her grandmother's china was bought in occupied Germany with her grandfather's cigarette rations. He would use his cigarette rations, bought a china set in occupied Germany, and brought it home with him to his, to his new wife back in the States. So I had occupied France Armagnac, because it was bottled in 1943, so that means Germany was still sitting in France sitting next to occupied Germany, China, as this weird little dichotomy of we're not our own country anymore. And, uh, man, drinking it from 1943 to... I, I finished drinking it two years ago. It, the intensity of that gasoline goes way up <laughs> after <laughs> 70 years. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Um Disciples of Zinch, Hedonites of Slanesh, we mentioned both. And then Skaven, you land on uh, uh, just Garnacha. Garnacha. So I imagine it's fun to be a Skaven and say the word Garnacha. <laughs> what is Garnacha? Uh, it's a Spanish varietal. Uh, it's usually used as a mix. There's lots of um, 
There's lots of rosés made out of it too. You're probably going to have a fairly difficult time following or finding just a garnacha, but look for it in your Spanish section or uh, South American if if your wine section is expansive enough to have such things. So why did you go garnacha? Just because it's fun to say? Mostly fun to say, mostly again, when you uh, handicap yourself with different red wine categories and you want to use as many of them as you can, they kind of stick in different places. But the mixing quality of this is like it gives a lot of uh, hunkiness to wines. Uh, so you can get some like light, the lightest of musk. If you have too much musk in your wine when you're smelling it, it's another chance that it might be corked. So it gives the correct amount, if that makes any sense. That's fair. Um, see, I would have went with a, a jelly packet wine for Skaven. Yes. I, <laughs> where, like where you can make the hooch out of the jelly packets. and Which begs the question, where do you get the yeast if you're... Oh, I know where you get it, out of the baking. Why do I know so much about making prison liquor? Yeah. I mean, just just think if, you're, if your cellmate maybe doesn't bathe well, you may have some yeast with him. Probably, or uh, or you get it out of like literally just the kitchen because the bread they they make bread there sometimes. Sure. Yeah. So, but like ye- also yeast is open air. Yeast will f- will form open air. You don't get a ton of it like concentrated, like you want. But yeast is it's just it's around. So the not well bathed uh, cellmate might go a long way. Hit prison hooch made in the toilet. Well, that's where it's made. Uh, where else would it be made? Yeah, that's that's the perfect. Uh, like literally, that's that's where you make it. Like you put the plastic it, bag in the toilet, and then, and then like you don't, in, then you don't. Then you don't. Yeah, and then you don't use you don't use the toilet. You you only use the shower for your bathroom breaks. And uh, I have my my uncle told me about this. Um, <laughs> uh so, moving on. Death. Now we get to the best Grand Alliance. Yes, the the star <laughs> of the show. And man, you're going to have such a great week when they give you even more Soul Blight next week. Ugh. Well, the this is... I suspect I suspect this is a precursor. I think May is, is Soul Blight, by the way. I think, I think Soul Blight drops this coming month. So, if you're watching this from the future, you're welcome. Um... <laughs> Uh, or I'm so very mad I was wrong, but not really. Hi, YouTube. Uh, but I, I think it's coming May. Yeah, so death. So not a lot of, a whole lot of people with flesh in this category. So it had to get creative with the blood. Uh, night haunts. So distilling the essence of ghosts is difficult. So I went with... The fact that if you probably, again, squeeze as many ghosts into a barrel as you could and squeeze them for whatever uh, delicious ectoplasm and uh, burned it up, got the ethanol up and poured it out, it would probably come out as a very delicious, smooth tasting vodka. And my personal suggestion is the crystal skull because you get a sweet skull bottle out of the deal. Hey, yeah, it doesn't taste too shabby. Yeah. Yeah. And you got that featured there. Uh, you went with uh, Taka for your uh, your volumetric. Because Taka is... It, it don't get much cheaper than Taka vodka. Fleischmann's. Oh, Fleischmann's. Uh, I mean, but yeah, Fleischmann's, Fleischmann's technically isn't vodka. It's neutral grain spirits. It's not 
the same thing. That's like when you when you go to the frozen food section and it's like pizza and wings with a Y instead of an I. It's like, oh god, you could you couldn't even make chicken wings, man. Like you can't even make vodka. It's so cheap. Yeah. It's not even vodka. Yeah, yeah. Fleischmann's is not even vodka, by the way. It is <laughs> neutral grain spirits. Um so it wouldn't count for this list, which is why Taka is probably better. My go-to is Svedka, by the way, um, or Stoli. Uh, but Stoli is a little bit more expensive and sometimes harder mm-hmm. to find. And now they're on the flavor train. I'm not okay flavor. with the flavor train. I, I'm a fan of the flavor train because uh, I'm lazy and I don't know how to make cocktails. <laughs> uh, so the reason you're seeing, not only because women coming into the vodka category is gigantic. So they went with flavored and obviously there's a big demographic there, but you'll also see with the flavors, they reduce the amount of alcohol in the vodka yes. to get the flavor to come out because yep. they were finding They throw these flavors in, they were still 80 proof and they weren't getting any return because it was like, well, yeah, I get cherry, but I also get like harsh vodka. Tone. So they dropped it down to 30%. Alcohol. Now they taste delicious. Like I could have a glass of this double chocolate 360 vodka I have sitting in my fridge just on ice. It's delicious, but it's only 30%. So somebody in chat gang uh, recommended Screwball to me. Was it you initially? This would have been like almost a... No. Okay. I, I do like Screwball, but I don't know if I've ever suggested it to anyone. Okay, okay. All right. Somebody in chat gang suggested Screwball to me once, and I'm like, I went out and I tried it, and this is, this is a f- flavored whiskey, which is now starting to come in. Because like flavored oh, vodkas, is the new hotness. Yeah, yeah. This is the this is like the thing. Yeah, Stoli makes the flavored ones. Yeah, Stoli goes like hard in the paint for the flavored ones now. Um, Svedka yeah, less less so. Three Svedka three sixty. Everybody wants a piece of a Seagrams. Everyone wants the flavored vodka market. Whoever wins also, the flavored vodka market rules. Also, if you're winning the flavored vodka market, you're winning the the hard tonic. Or the the hard soda water market, that's where you're you're uh, I mean that's what's in your, essentially what's in your like uh white claws and stuff. It's it's vodka with soda water, like flavored oh, soda. Sel- seltzers on the rise. COVID hits, so you can't go to a bar to make a mixed drink. Boom, seltzers to the moon. Yeah. Like, ah. Yeah. So that category is insane right now. Oh, I I thought it was just like I thought it was like so there was a, a wine brand called like Skinny Skinny Girl Wine or or, or Skinny mm-hmm. Jeans Wine or something like that. Um Skinny Girl. Yeah. yeah, fell off. I thought that was around I thought that was going to stick around. Um and then when like so when when uh when the sort of like hard hard seltzers arrived I'm like, "Oh, this is a fad just like Skinny Girl." No, that one like landed hard, and like I get it because like now I'm in the store, and I'm like I'm trying to lose weight again. I mean I'm I'm fucking rocking this outfit tonight. I think everyone can agree. Um, uh, I, I believe it's killing it, killing it. <laughs> um, no, I like, and like I I get into the store and I'm like I'm gonna okay so like uh, you know during layoff period I buy like thirty packs of like hams or PBR or, like. Beer that is dirt cheap but still tastes kind of like it is beer, right? But, like, the calories in something like a PBR or, you know, I'm just like, man, if I crush a 30-pack this weekend, I've had 16 meals. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... That's a lot of burger. Right, yeah. And so I'm like, okay. But if I buy a six-pack of, like, good beer and I drink, like, 
two of them every, like, two or three of them each night, K, like, I maybe don't get as, like, slosh, but I get, I might catch a buzz if it's a high ABV, which is why I lean towards stouts and porters. Um, I might catch a buzz, might not, depends on, like, my mood and what I ate. Um, but then I don't, like, eat 16 steaks in a weekend. So, like, I've moved away from, like, what I used to call my layoff beer, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll buy, like, a, a case, and this will, la- like, last me for, like, you know, a, a, a chunk of my layoff check. Um, but, like, now I'm going in, and I'm looking at those uh, those those hard seltzers, and I'm like, these are 5 AB- 5% ABV. Like, that's a little bit higher than a, a PBR or a Ham's. I'm like, and less calories. I'm like, so it'll get me drunker faster. And they're delicious. They're they're refreshing. I wouldn't call them delicious. I'd call them refreshing. It's different. Very refreshing. And when it gets hot out, you can slam too fast, and you're feeling them. Right. It's great. Right. And the and Corona ones are fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I just had the Corona ones. Those weren't too bad. Um, I I don't know. So so like I get the appeal, and now like me this like this beer snob this wine snob this and i'm looking at the seltzers and i'm like i'm like it'll get me drunk and i don't have to eat three steak dinners all right like it, the appeal is there i get it now uh, whereas like the skinny girl wines taste like fucking nothing they're they just bleh. like sometimes they taste like kool-aid and that's the best you can hope yeah, for. There, there's a push to these lighter calorie wines, and uh, I would remind people that probably the difference between uh, fruit juice and Propel, like, yes, it's technically, it's like juice-flavored water instead of just juice. Yeah. When, when you try to take out the, the part that makes it caloric to hit some score on the nutritional facts, you're taking out the part that makes the wine good. Right. But, like, if you have a bottle of wine and I as opposed to, like, a fucking 12-pack of whatever beer, um, you I should say a glass of wine. You probably shouldn't be having a bottle of wine tonight. Um, all right. So, uh, Night Haunt Vodka, Flesh Eater Quartz. This is interesting. Bordeaux. So, what is Bordeaux? Bordeaux. So, just like Burgundy, Bordeaux is not a kind of wine. It is a region of France. Red Bordeaux is going to be... Cabernet Sauvignon. Congratulations. They just wanted to call it something different. Mm. Uh, so with Bordeaux, uh, obviously it's French flesh eater courts and their previous history were, or at least they believe they were French. Bretonians, uh, yeah. I went with the volume one as Le Perrier. This is the highest volume sales French wine on planet Earth. Uh, very good red. Uh, Mouton Cadet is seven eight bucks solid french red wine and then i left the noble open because french bordeaux is uh an adventure much like going into the catacombs of fleshy courts if you want to go find yourself a great uh high dollar bordeaux uh jump in with both feet because everyone's experience is going to be different they're they're called Bordeaux for the reason of, like, you can get away with a lot with that name that covers it. It's just the place where it's from. There's not, like, any other thing that goes with it. So, you know, go go to that French wine section. Go to that top shelf. Find you something. 
and enjoy. Yeah, have fun, Indy. Um, interesting. Interesting. I like original it. Wine. Yeah. So, oh, uh, for added um, immersion, open the bottle of Bordeaux and then just leave it open for like two or three weeks and then drink it. That's how you court. And then OBR, uh, you have some uh, categories here, which or you have some uh, different name brands here, which is why we'll revisit this. But basically, unfiltered sake. Yes. Yeah, or Nagori. If you see the word Nagori, you're probably right there. Right. Or cloudy is how they might might also cloudy sake, unfiltered, or or um Nagori. Uh Rihakana Wandering Poet. I have had this one. But this brand. I don't know if it was uh this was before I knew uh the difference between like Junmai and Nagori and like all the like categories of their stuff, but Yes, and I have the Tozai uh, Blossom of Peace, I believe. Is that the one I've got today? Uh, oh, no, the Snow Maiden. Usually I go for the Blossom of Peace, but Snow Maiden was at hand, and it is also delicious and smells like bananas. And then uh, Sho Chikyu Ban Nigori Sake. Gotta say the uh, the raining outside is really adding to my immersion. There's the spooky wine tasting. I think this is my cue to riff. Chad, how are you? Truffle beer. I've never had truffle beer. Much like bourbon, I'm kind of a wuss in the beer category. Which is why I say things like. Um, Seltzers are delicious. Uh, so this is a Kibo Junmai Saki in, in a can. Uh, this was tasty as hell. Pricey. This this was this was pricey for. Uh, it was like five bucks for this, and I think I got this whole bottle. I think I got this whole bottle of sake uh, for five bucks. So. Um, and sake is a, a much. It's. It's a fun one because of the range that it goes. Like, if you go to your sushi place, go go see. Like, especially if you know the place, ask them if you can see the giant box of sake they got. Because in the back, they'll probably have the Ozeki eighteen liter sake <laughs> box that they use to prep uh, prep the meals and as their their house sake as the quick hot sake. Mm-hmm. 18 liter box of sake. Beautiful. <laughs> but this is one of the best ones I've ever had, which is why I saved the bottle. Um, mm-hmm. This is a uh, Awashi Zuku um, Kyuchu Brewery. That was a sparkling uh, sake. This is pretty tasty. Uh, oh, yeah, and uh, it, it sounds like um, you know an Instagram thing to do. When you like something, Either save the bottle, or if you can't have storage like that, take a picture. Then when you go back to the store, you go, oh, yeah, this one. Please take me to this, please. Well, this this company, uh, so there's like a, a guy in Milwaukee who's like his entire goal is to be importing this brand's like uh, sake and beer. Like his whole goal, he's a distributor, like a, a wine and spirits professional, much like yourself, I'd imagine. Yeah, and like his whole thing is like he loves this huge brewery company, and he's just been like bringing in everything by them. And uh, 
I, I tried some of the other stuff. A uh, lot more hype. This, but this was the one that like landed for me, um, which is why I kept the bottle. Sparkling sake. What was that? You said it was a sparkling sake. Yeah, it's a sparkling sake, which was weird for yeah. me. I've never had like a one that I was like, I'm like, I'm I'm down with this because sometimes there's like more. Uh, it's 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 gimmick. It's a little gimmicky. I don't need sparkling sake because sake tends to have an effervescent quality already. Yeah, gimmick sake is really weird. I don't know why. Anything. <laughs> yeah, he's just shaking the jelly can in front of the. Um, yeah, but this one. Uh, so what's interesting is like I, I saw on the back it says sake meter value negative ten and total acidity two point two. So these are qualities they listed of the sake on this bottle. Yeah, all for sake heads. And I'm like. Yeah, like this. This fella actually has a bottle diagram on the back that shows you how much is premium sake, how much is non-premium sake, and I'm sure that's just all based on what the local government guidelines are for growing sake. Oh yeah, there's like there's like there are entire. This is why meth is not a weeb. I don't understand all of this, but like there is somebody in oh, chat gang who is like all about the like the very. When you go to those Chiantis in your Italian wine section, they say DOC and DOCG. Like, what the hell does any of that mean? That means, like, to get those categories, you're growing a grape you're supposed to in a classical region for that grape. So, oh, I grew Chianti in Chianti. Wow, real hard. Uh, and then you get those letters DOCG. That's all it means. You're growing wine in the right place. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but turn- if you go to your South American section and you see Malbec Reserve, that means literally nothing. Yeah, reserve means nothing. Just yes. a marketing term. Just a marketing term. Yep. It's just like when Tito's Vodka put handmade on on their label. Well, that's not really true. So they got sued for it. And they kind of had to go like, well, handmade is kind of the gimmick. It's not really the thing. And somehow small batch. Yeah. It, you, uh, you you said that you're 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 like learning uh, uh, bourbon and whiskeys and right now. Uh, small batch is a lie. Like small yeah, batch is yeah. like that's their that's the current like whiskey and bourbon lie is small batch. Yeah. Um, that's a millennial thing. So it's like, oh, this is. This is special. This is this is unique because we made it in a small batch, but it's it means nothing. It's it's, it's trying mean, to trick people who want that extra sophistication. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, your your best way to tell like your bourbon quality is honestly to look for. Uh, well, like now they've gotten they got smart too, and they started like hand signing a bunch of labels. And by the way, it's like a stamp or whatever. It just looks hand signed. Um, uh, but like the best way to look is like if if a brand has inconsistent percentages of alcohol between years that's how you know you're getting the good shit yes yes uh in 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 bourbon in bourbon like the the loyalty in wine you know the people the reason people like kj or kendall jackson chardonnay it's the number one chardonnay on the planet is because it's been tasting the same way for 30 years that's fair that's fair and when you want people who are making a handcrafted product, you want it to taste different each time you buy it. Like my $250 champagne, they don't make a vintage every year. It went from I bought a bunch of 2007s for a while, and then suddenly 2011 was here. They only make it when they get it perfect. Yeah. You want want consistency sometimes, you want non-consistency. Well, well, you talked about the consistency sometimes. 
and sometimes you want the thing. That's the prisoner versus the menage a trois midnight, mm-hmm. right? Like the menage a trois midnight is like I know what I am buying into because they've they've blended it to land, like they, like somebody sitting there with a cask of the stuff, and like he's got the grapes and he's got a couple different versions of it sitting there, and he takes and he's sipping at various parts throughout the fermenting process, and he goes, "This is it. This is the one." Or add a little bit more of uh, you know, add a little bit more like. Yeah, take barrel seven, add it to this. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. To to yeah, get that, if, if you like this one, you know the continued reading of the Prisoner series. Go anywhere and ask for Orin Swift wines, because again, this this is now moving into that consistency part. That mm. constellation, they want to always produce the Prisoner. Uh, wine, which is delicious. So, if you want to have this, if you're looking for it to jump around to get unique and try new things, go to the original winemaker, Orange Swift. He's still making wines. He's still crazy. Awesome. I mean, art and it's it's a weird misnomer. I don't think genius and crazy and art and crazy are synonymous. I think we've allowed our creative culture to abuse people with that oh, misnomer absolutely. a little bit. Um, but there's something to be said for like a neurosis for creating for like only doing the thing, you know. Like and winemakers can see themselves rock stars, especially the ones who really poured in. Having having met many of them, they're they're a unique human. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, OBR. So Oruk War Clans, we're in destruction now. This is this is rounding it's, out our list. Carmenier, one of my absolute favorite categories of wine. This is another one that's usually used as a back mixer to add a little dry. Drinking straight Carmenier, though, when you get it right, it's that beautiful dry and, like, leather handbag. Uh, it's it, it's not for the newbies. If you if you started wine tonight and you're like, man, this menage a trois is great, wouldn't go to Carmenier next. <laughs> I would keep fumbling around, try Zinfandel out, try Merlot. And then try Carmenere because, man, that dryness is so, it's, uh, love it. Life-affirming. And then Gloomspike gets, I feel like you cheated here. Oh, total cheat. But what else do you do with Gloomspike gets? Like, of course, if you sucked on a goblin's neck, the blood you got out of a goblin is probably going to either kill you or hit you like a brick. So You're going to go crazy. Yeah, like this is like drinking pure grain alcohol. Like you're gonna you're gonna see some stuff. I don't want maybe absinthe, you know, like uh like but I like it. Wormwood absinthe. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, maybe. Or heck, they're making a THC infused wine now, so get on the train. Yeah, get on it. Do it. Um or like there's magic mushroom infused vodka. Um there's a uh there's a there's actually mushroom meads, but I know you're keep, trying to keep it red, but moonshine isn't red, so uh, moonshine mead or, or mushroom. I'm sorry, I said mushroom meads. There's mushroom. There's like a bunch of like mush. I had a mushroom beer the other day. The other day it was like a fucking year ago. Yeah, Doctor Darkmatch was talking about a truffle beer. Yeah, I had like a truffle beer, and like I'm like I'm tasting mushrooms. I'm like I was drinking it the whole time. I spent the entire time drinking it and going like. This tastes like mushrooms. Why do I keep drinking it? Like, it was the weirdest experience uh, beer I've ever had. In terms of, like, a beer. It was just like... 
Tyrant Mania has finished the bottle of prisoner. Ooh. Congratulations, Tyrant. Cheers. Cheers. I believe his tag team partner is there as well, so he's, he's okay. Good. Good. I've uh so I did a I did a, a saldo uh and then I worked back to the gnarly head because my methodology for drinking good wine is drink the good wine first and then drink the lower quality wine once you've mm-hmm. started to like lose your palate. Um, yeah. um, this is why I like Spotted Cow, the beer, because Spotted Cow made here in Wisconsin and illegal to sell elsewhere. Um, not illegal to drink elsewhere, by the way. I can bring you a six pack or 12 pack at tournaments and I often do. Uh, because no matter, no matter where I'm at in the evening, if I drink a Spotted Cow, I know I'm drinking a Spotted Cow. Like, and that is something uniquely Wisconsin. It's like a reality check for, like, the professionals that are Wisconsin drinkers. You're just like, oh, boom. Okay. I can still taste Spotted Cow. I'm not past the point of no return. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There you go. Uh, And then, BCR, you went with sake as well, but now you're going uh, Junmai more. Yes. And, again, a little bit of cheating here. I figured the, the Bullet of Ogres is another one of those ones that's probably a little too potent to drink straight. This is probably one you want to prepare a little bit more. And, uh, you know, also BCR has a little bit of the, the Asian influence. So, what was Saki? Any chance to get people in the Saki category I took? So I like it. So, what's, tell me about this, this uh, Johto One Cup and Pure Dawn. Yes, yeah, so the Johto One Cup is literally uh, like it's on the tin it's a single cup of sake you can buy and you take home crack it open there's your one cup of sake nice so it's a nice not volume friendly uh i put the 18 liter box on there go ham kids uh, <laughs> the, the one cup is the exact opposite if you want to try junmai it's a four dollar way to get into junmai sake i i like your is uh, pretty excellent I haven't tried Pure Dawn. Now I, I need to. Is this a distributor? Is this the the brand? Like what is Pure Dawn? Oh, it's uh, it's uh, Tozai. Sorry, to- Tozai does Pure Dawn. Okay, I, I gotta look into this. I'm gonna go talk to our uh, local non-chain, uh, the one I bought the wine from. Like I said, they they carried yes. Frontera before, and then they didn't have it, and I'm like, what? And Bro, it, I'm right here. <laughs> you're right here okay uh i'll hook you up you'll call them and then you can distribute them stuff right is that is that a thing that happens oh yeah you call you call them and tell them that you want certain things and then they call the person they buy those certain things from no, I'm, I'm not in all 50 states oh fair enough um yeah so I don't know, uh, Junmai Saki, like, it, it, is, it has occurred to me that I have settled into my enjoyment of it. I wonder if I had, like, jumped it straight in with the the Go Junmai 18 liter, would I feel the same way? <laughs> I mean, anyone who's got the chutzpah to get through an 18 liter as, as their house Saki, like, God bless you. That's, that is three Franzia boxes. Three and a half Franzia boxes, my dude. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Hey. Well, uh, the other thing is like cooking with sake, like um, like yes. uh, like uh, some fish, or uh, like a skirt steak, like any of the thin meats, where you can like you throw that in there because you're basically you're doubling as uh, you're deglazing, but also you're 
uh, uh, sort of like not quite an acid, but you're breaking up. You're helping it to what alcohol does. It helps to tenderize the meats as well. Like you're doing some cool stuff when you're cooking with that. That's why we cook with wine. Wine makes everything delicious. Um, by the way, uh, talking about random factoids, uh, you never cook all the alcohol out. No, no. Um, so if you like cook all the alcohol, cook all the food out too. Yeah, like uh, when they talk about like cooking the alcohol out of the thing, if you have like braised something in an alcohol, or you have like, uh, or you have like deglazed your pan in alcohol, if you're cooking properly, it's not all cooked out. There's still alcohol in it. So yes. If you're feeding your children, like, those drunken mushrooms or that, like, that awesome, like, uh, like, uh, uh. You make nice it's still got rum in it. Yeah, it's, it's still gonna have alcohol in it, so, um. It, uh, gotcha, morality purists. Get wrecked. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um. point to the And then, uh, and then Guts, uh, so, uh, Guts. Guts went with St. Gervaisi. Uh, because again, I wanted two part. I wanted one that you get in a big uh, container. The big Carlo jug is always beautiful, but also Italian reds uh, are famous and still exist because not only are they some of the oldest red wine varietals on the planet and growing areas, but like red wine as a category was built as a, an additional acid for your food. Italian diet in Italy, big fats, big you know olives uh big breads so you need stuff to break that down and so they pour on the lambrusco and the sangiovese to basically assist in digestion yeah and uh, if anyone needs an assistance in digestion it's the guts yeah right on no fantastic and and it, that goes back that ties back into the like the the cooking with with wine and stuff because you're helping break mm-hmm. down the the stuff ahead of time um not just a no, it is a negligible amount. It is a negligible amount because, like, it, you know, like a cup of port. You pour a cup of port into your uh, into your onions for French onion soup, and volumetrically, what you have by the end of it is like distilled out to less than cough syrup, right? Like, um, like it's. But the point is, is not like you don't cook it all the way gone. You distill it. Right. You like disperse it. Like, if you cooked out all the alcohol out of the thing that you're putting the alcohol into, you've done it wrong. Yeah, like if you had that weird um, Russian Alcohols Anonymous pill that makes you, like, violently ill if you touch alcohol, then uh, avoid. Yeah, avoid. Yeah, avoid the vodka sauce, which I thought wasn't actually made with vodka, and then I found out is made with vodka. You you have to find that with um, most things human, that the, the name is just because they're lazy. It's not, it's not because of some kind of creativity. I'm like, no, like this is just like a tomato sauce. And I'm like, no, and here's the part where we add the vodka. And I'm like, I don't know what is reality anymore. <laughs> uh, so apparently I had some moonshine. Um, so this is the part where we've we've done a whole AOS rant cast. We've talked about wine. We've got people through a full 35, well, like 30-ish uh, uh, armies of, of uh, wine tastings and and uh, so on and so forth. And I hope that people go on to, like, go on their own journey, really. Like, mm-hmm. we've given you some tools, I hope. Um, I, I think one of the, the most pertinent things you said is that, like, 
acquired taste is a weird is a weird descriptor to me. It's a weird way to like characterize something. There. Hey, we're back. Hello everybody. You can see our beautiful faces again. Um it, it it's odd to me to characterize something as like an acquired taste. I I don't know what that means. Does it mean it sucks until you make it good? I I don't I don't get it. Like No, it's more like if uh, this is the only real Halo merch that's ever existed. Uh, I made him make Halo merch. I told him how to do it. I told him what site to use. I told him which sites. I said, here's like six sites. And like, uh, and then I gave him the like, because I'm not about like telling people what to think. I'm just like, here are your options. Like, like, here's the like, I'm like, this site has some like weird, like, like like uh, propaganda around it. I'm like I haven't read into it, but like that's what's going. And he's like nope to that one. I'm like okay, like you could like side with them or against them, and like he's nope to that one because there's any anything going on around it whatsoever. I don't care. Like so just like immediately in Hawaiian fashion, just like dismissed it because it was it had any extra complications. No fuck that. And they're like oh and, you know here's these ones and like these ones have like a super high markup, but like they pay their workers better. Like, so like you don't see as much of a kickback on your, like your merch as this. And like, this is the, like the standard one. And like, I, I laid out like a bunch of them and he went with the one that like paid their workers the most. And like, he sees the least kickback. And I was like, that, that sounds like res respect. Hey, well, respect. Um, well, he uh, just knows people with t-shirts. They... Right. And like, people just want to wear a t-shirt that says big on it. Right. Um, and like, it's just, all it's going to say is just big and all like yellow, the ugly, like not even like just a stock font, not even a font ugly, he's drawn. Black, yeah. Square. Yeah. Like he printed it himself in his garage. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't uh, wait. No. Acquired taste. Do you know the, the system in Skyrim where if you want to learn something, you have to like eat the ingredients enough times and then you learn the different things that it does basically. Uh, I, I know this, but also the one in Final Fantasy fifteen was cooler where you had to murder the thing enough times to learn the recipe. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, or Dragon Warrior where if you murder correctly, then you get a gold coin. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, with with wine, it's like, okay, you drink in the prisoner like a tyrant mania here drank the prisoner for the first time tonight. So he probably got it a certain way this time. Then next time he may have it with food. Okay, well that might change the entire dynamic of that drinking experience. Then he has it again with some kind of different food. That changes that dynamic. And then he starts to, like, he has it again just by itself. And now that he's had it a few different ways with food, now by itself, it tastes a completely different way on the fresh palate. So going through and finding what you like, taking notes, noting things uh, as you go you just have to keep trying you have to keep putting it in the cart you know never be afraid to just stop and go like hey i like this one i'm just gonna drink this one from now on awesome you found something you like great keep doing it there are there are weirdos like Haywo who only have two armies i don't know how you do it but uh, he let's, okay. Let's be real, realistic here. He has one army and the IDK project that never finishes. Oh sure, I I only have like fourteen <laughs> unfinished projects. <laughs> but we count IDK. Um, no. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I'm I'm a death homer. I've got like my I expanded my vacation home because I was like death guy, but also I like Beast of Chaos. But then my Beast of Chaos were like a proxy for Slanesh for a little bit. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. I pulled back and I'm like, no, 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 they're pure Beast of Chaos. I will not have them sullied by another army. But then Slanesh got really sweet mortal models, and I'm like, that was everything I kind of wanted in my mind's eye of what Slanesh is. So like now I have two vacation homes, and never the two shall meet. Because Beasts of Chaos will now forever be just Beasts of Chaos. I don't want to god mark them at all. Um, right. They're cooler that way. Um, so I'm hoping we do with like Kragnos or whatever the hell. Get a like a pure. We need a new Beasts of Chaos battle team. Like we just. Well, I mean, if you're if you're talking OG Beasts of Chaos, Beasts of Chaos used to just like look down and spit on the beasts that would follow the other guys. Yeah. No. It... But they're like, we don't need their help. They Part- turned us into this mess. We don't need them. Well, like, it, they're, they're like, their whole backstory in their battle tome right now is, like, weird and scattered. Because it does this thing where it's, like, unreliable narrator. And it's like, well, it could be this. And it could be that. And so on and so forth. But I like this story where, like, like people showed up to the mortal realms and the beasts of chaos were already here. Like, they were just here. They were, yeah. like, kind of like the, the primordial things. And, like, I really, really like the Conan the Barbarian, like, Grom, like, I've never asked you for anything, and if you can't help me now, to hell with you! Like, I love that, like, Beast of Chaos thing, where, like, they don't, like, they don't actively, yeah, they're not begging you for anything, they're not actively entreating the Chaos Gods, they're just, like, doing the, they're just doing their thing, and if Chaos doesn't want to get on board, to hell with it. Like, you know, like, I like that. I respect that. It's like, can figure out how to make Beasts of Chaos not just an army of henchmen, then they will be free. Do you know how you do that? Make their big monsters cool and give them some new big monsters. Oh well, yeah. God like, forbid, update their resin kits. Maybe. maybe yeah, like, that. what if they just had like cool new big monsters and like they're because they have like an excellent like core. Their battle line are some of the strongest in the game. It's just they have... They have... Well, Bestigors are good. They're not great. Um, But they have, like, no... They have no force multiplication, really. Like, they have no... um, Like, real steroids. They don't really have any, like, centerpieces. Or, like, hero capturing is, like, what's that to this army? Monster capturing, what's that to this army? Um, And their battle line is, like, we're good, but not at living. We're good at trading places. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like and yeah. so like, like when you realize like you you're on that does nothing when you realize you're an army without anchors that just like throws your stuff and obliterates somebody on the other point and switches places with them because like if they just like and they like sidestep it and they go attack your home it's just gone like there's it's just it's such a weird my blades yeah so i i would say uh I still see it now. I can't remember. I think someone was saying something negative about new uh, uh, Wood Elf Horn Duder uh, fella. And to anybody who can't see that, like, the last three years of Games Workshop is like the ultra renaissance of amazing shit. They've never been on this kind of streak before. It's always like, oh, here's Nagash and then a bunch of trash for a while, and some medium stuff, and then, like, oh, here's a Lariel, and then, like, a bunch of kind of nothing, but, like, 
Yep. They've been on the past three years has been wildly good. Yeah, they're they're their sculptors. I think more than anybody else in the Games Workshop ecosystem have been at the highest level of of consistency. Um, this is why, like, I give them the benefit of the doubt when they say they're a models company first, because I'm like, yes. what's what's been firing on the most the most cylinders? The models, like, consistently, it's the models, and like, my detraction is like, I want to see more models. That's not a bad, that's not a negative criticism when you think about it. Like, oh, your models are great. I need more of them. That's not like a negative thing. I'm like, oh, your greatest crime is you didn't release enough. <laughs> like, yeah, we got the Bellacore glow up. And now it's been completely erased by uh, 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 Lord Croak. Like, how do you go from a model that's not even out yet? Like, wow, look at that hot new Bellacore. And then like a week later, it's like, oh, here's Lord Croak looking amazing. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah, with like the Stargate yeah. reference in it too, where I'm like, respect, respect. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, at any moment they could drop the new centerpiece Vampire Lord on Dragon or Abyssal Terror. That's going to be It's, it's going to be a different dragon. We're getting a different dragon. This is, oh. it's and gonna it's going to be great. And yeah. I have full confidence it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. What a great time to be in the hobby. Yeah, so um, uh, so I want to ask you to, uh, we kind of summarized wine a little bit, but in case there's any thoughts you missed, uh, wine, anything you want to say, and then it's wine. What's that? Summarize wine. It is rotten grapes in a bottle. <laughs> Boom, and then uh, uh, if people want to ask you about wine or Warhammer, where would they reach you? Uh, they will reach me at SJ Arcade, like the letters SJ and the place that no one goes to anymore, the arcade. So sad. And then final uh, final digital soapbox moment. It can be unrelated to Warhammer. It can be Warhammer explicit. Your final soapbox. Something you final. just got to get off your chest. Something you've been dying to say to the podcasting masses. Where I confirm that, yes, in fact, as a Warhammer 40k fan, I am a fascist, and this is the point that when I come out as such. Oh man, you we can't be. Damn, got to the end. No, being a fascist. Uh, no. no, no, don't be a fascist. Like that's the only hard line I have. Like I'll be like, yo, dude, like conservative. Sure, let's let's talk. Like I have some oh, fiscal conservative values, totally. and but you're just a straight fascist. Ah, oh, now we can't be friends. Like that's the hard line. It's fascism i've got my inquisition seal right here it's been the inquisition all along (sighs) anyway anyway for real wine is hard and you're not going to drink stuff you like all the time and you're going to try more expensive stuff sometimes and go well that didn't do it for me that's a bummer it's not expensive wine's fault sometimes it under delivers sometimes it's not for you it happens uh get out there try new stuff you have yeah. my permission. Right on. Right on. And uh, I, of course, have been the magical... Wait, nope. I'm the magnificent Marquis Mephisto. Not... That other Mephisto will be be back next week. Uh, this has been a different Mephisto. Right. I have several avatars, you might say. Like, like, like some sort of Lich King that would, like, project multiple... Anyway. Uh, y'all know this I part. Yeah. Yeah, y'all y'all have heard this part. 
Chat gang, you're the show within the show. You're the reason we do this part. You're the reason we do this whole thing. Um, drink your milk, pay your taxes, find some wine. Drink some wine. It's delicious. Uh, unless, you know, you have health reasons or, or, or very, very other good reasons to not drink wine. Nobody jump off the wagon for a silly episode that is... No. But paint your models. Paint your models. Be excellent to each other. Always. And I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.